everybody and welcome to episode 579 of Conversation Street. We are going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie's show between the 5th and the 9th of June today. Aren't we? Yeah. You sure? I'm only going from what you're saying. I think we definitely are. That is this week. We are back. We're at home. We're just doing a normal, normal podcast today. This is episodes 10,971 to 10,976 and the time has come in the year Gemma to say it's too hot. Gemma, how have you been coping? Oh. <laughs> I know that at this, around this time, it, it's been, it's you know, the past hot. 11 years, we get to this time of the year and, and you start going on about how hot it is for the next hot. three months. So, Why is um... it 21 degrees? <laughs> I'm loving night. it. I'm still... Horrible. <laughs> you are horrible. You go and live somewhere else. I don't mind it. We've found a way of, like, creating a nice breeze through the house, let haven't we? Who, let, let all us normal people enjoy living in, in a normal cold country and you and all your sun-worshipping fellow people can go somewhere else. But we live in an exotic climes. We had a stag beetle appear in our kitchen it's not the exotic. other day. It's normal. Tell everybody your stag beetle story because to <laughs> some people we've told this story too. This is like, you know. This is like when I tell everybody oh, I found a slow worm or there's a lizard over there. They go, oh no. I'm like, what do you mean? It's brilliant. It is. You, you... Well, I was, in, I was sitting in the front room and I heard like... That's working, that's um, working. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it was really, really, really creepy. Just like, just... I don't know what that sounded like. It's, it's looking um, fine. The waveform's looking like it should sound. So I was like, oh God. Oh God, what is An it? actual ghost, Gemma. I was like, brilliant. It could be a ghost or like some <laughs> kind of demonic entity that's possessing maybe a spatula or something. So I get... So it was coming from the direction it was of coming from the kitchen. kitchen implements. So so I go into the stand there and I'm like in the dark and I can hear it. And I was worried actually because I thought, oh, the, it's the cat because the cat scratches around with stuff. And I was thinking, is she, is she like having a seizure or something? Because I used to have a, cat, a dog that was epileptic when I was, when I was little and it was always a bit frightening. So I was like, oh, is she like falling down and she's like scraping something oh. with her paws? And, and so I got into the the doorway of the kitchen and I can just just hear it like that and I and it was so loud I could tell it was near me and I thought is it a mouse I mean you've given it away so there's no suspense sorry here. is it sorry. a mouse or something has a mouse got into the cat food and I look and there's just a really annoyed stag beetle a male wow a stag beetle and I would have guessed a male stag beetle with his big horns going what's going on where am I and I tried to get him off. He was holding onto one of Abby's pill um, bottles. Boxes, bottles yeah. And uh, I was trying to get him off. He was like, no, I need this. I think I'm ill. Yeah, these are definitely one of the rarest insects that do kind of get seen in this country, aren't they? Like, well, it's, of, it's, once it's a year, once every few years. If you see them, you're supposed to report them on a website. Which you so, did. So I immediately... Uh, well, well, I put him outside first of all. You logged your beetle, and uh, then I came back later to, with a measure, with a ruler to measure how long he was. Did you? Six inches, and <laughs> average size for a stag beetle. Yeah, pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, logged him on my thing, and then immediately texted everybody the video of him Fantastic trying story. to attack me. I didn't realise because you showed me the map. I didn't realise that they were just you know they as only self... tiny parts of the country. They are a southern insect, aren't they? Well, they used to be more widespread, perhaps, but yeah, it's literally the southeast. Yeah, and I know. Parts you know of to our 
to our exotic listeners from like the USA or Australia or something like what the hell are you talking about a six inch beetle (laughs) wow you you call that a beetle (laughs) this is a beetle and then just bite your head off (laughs) well first it's very exciting and I'm jealous I didn't get to see it myself I should have woken you up I know you should have done I enjoyed quite a bit of this week's Coronation Street so I'm looking forward to getting onto that and it's just funny without like the expectations and build-up of Britain's Got Talent. I could just sit back and enjoy it, and it was great. Was it actually better than last week's curry? I I don't really know. I think it was, but I didn't have the same, like, this has got to be good. Did you, did yeah, you get the same sort of feeling? Your expectations. Sorry. That's that a good old yawn there. Where did that come from? <sighs> this is only the beginning of the podcast. Your expectations are, yeah, lower, don't they? Yeah. I wasn't... And, and so you... Enjoy it more. And and, and tell you what, this Aggie and t- uh, mm-hmm. Ed story, which I had no idea was coming. I, like Sometimes I get little snippets of this, this story's coming or I see a little picture, but this came out of nowhere and it stealthed its way up to my top position of the week, honestly. It was bloody brilliant, that story, so I can't wait to, to get chatting about that later. But we must have a quiz first, as we as we missed out last week. Yeah. I mean, we, have got, we also missed out on some quite important birthdays this week as well. It is Tanisha Gorey's birthday today, so happy birthday to her. 21 today. And... Old Chesney, Sam Aston, 30. 30, can you believe it? That's made me feel very old because I remember him as a as a little boy, as a little oik, and now he's 30, which is like a proper grown-up. So, um, yeah, I'm clearly, you know, heading, hurtling towards a grave at this point. Anyway, at least me and him are both in the same decade for the next three weeks, so I'm also young. Do you want to quiz? Yes, I just wanted to, you know... Say happy birthday you to You wanted the, to criticise me for not doing folks. a quiz last time. No, no, no. You didn't I mean, have time right. for a quiz Five last time. Five to the ninth of June. Yes. Years ending in the three and eight. And I saw the information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. But as always, all the mistakes are mine. Fifth sure of June, 1968. Which bright new couple turn up to take a look at number nine? Is it Dickie and Audrey Fleming? <laughs> Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Brilliant. Nicely written question. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> 6th of June 2008. Who does Steve McDonald lock in the Rover's cellar, not realising they have a ruptured spleen? Dan Mason. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very That's much. The Mason job. Well, we did talk about that in the um, changing sets of the Rover's Return very recently, didn't we? That, I tell you what. We did. We had that a picture good, of it and everything. That's a good video. It is a good video. <laughs> no, that's not the one that they're playing. <laughs> that's not. That's okay, this is another right. story for later. Seventh of June, nineteen seventy-eight. Bella Lynch turns down a proposal, but who from? Nineteen seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. Mike Baldwin, Eddie Yates. Um, is it one of those two? No. Little hint. Oh, okay. It was not. Alec Gilroy. Nope. Uh, Len Fairclough. Nope. Um, I don't know any. Uh, uh, Ray Langton. Nope. Um, Albert like I'm running out of ideas he was reaching (laughs) he was reaching was he yeah he he was Um, I don't know what he was thinking no I don't know go on Fred G Fred G what was he thinking crikey I know yeah Sir 8th of June 2018 which characters appear on this morning did you just say Sir 8th of June 8th of June I thought you said Sir 8th of June I thought you said Sir 8th of June Uh, what was the question which characters appear on This Morning, the television show, Beloved of Everybody, with amazing TV presenters? five years ago? Mm-hmm. Rosa Webster. Yes. Gemma Winter. Yes. And Craig Tinker. That's correct. Thank you very much. Why does Rosie leave Weatherfield for Japan? 
presenting job, isn't it? She's going to stroke some prizes on a game show or something. Yeah, TV. I've not been keeping my score. I've been so caught up in it. Definitely all right so far. This is the first week I've ever got. One wrong. Pencil and paper here. So yeah, far. 9th of June 2003 why does Todd walk out of his exams god curry kids are always doing that aren't I they David Todd <laughs> I Summer why they all stay in the same yeah. terrace street that they grew up in working in a factory or a um, or it's got to be something related to, um, to to I, I'm going to say yeah I'm going to say what are you going to say it's going to say <sighs> Something. Is it Dead Billy? Not the vicar, Something the baby. I'm going to sneeze, maybe. Excuse me. Sneeze. Oh no, it's gone. Um, I'm going to say that he decides he doesn't... Oh, does he decide? I think maybe he doesn't want to go to Oxford anymore because he wants to stay in Weatherfield and have a lovely family with Sarah and her baby. She want, he wants to stay with Sarah. He yes. doesn't want to go to Oxford. Yes. And he definitely could have gone. He definitely could, could have gone. Guy. Can I just give a shout out to the scene that we had with um, Todd and Sarah... Oh week. yeah, there was one, wasn't there? And I was watching it going, ah, oh, that's nice that they like each other. And I was like, oh yeah. They do have quite <laughs> a lot of history. They did actually the other Todd, a very that's... intense relationship. It's, it's really funny, isn't it? When you have characters you that, are, that are you know, in each other's same. radar so it's much funny. to have a relationship and then just nothing. Todd, to me, is, yeah, two different characters. I know, totally, totally is. But I, I like the new Todd. I like the so new go, Todd. I think wrong. he's lovely. Out of how that's the second yawn of the episode. One, two, while three, you, four, five, six. While you're yawning, can I just do a little plug, no. please, for this week's bonus podcast on our YouTube channel? Because um, obviously we were in Manchester last weekend. We went to the Soap Awards. We saw the gorgeous stars arriving in their lovely dresses and suits, and we made a video of it. And I was, I this was my Monday night, wasn't it? It was many, many hours on Monday afternoon and evening putting together this video for you fine folks, listeners, and watchers. Um, and I think it's really good. I think it's one of our best videos. And we had a we had a live viewing together on Tuesday, didn't we? And it was our highest ever live viewing audience. So thanks everybody who came along. Yeah, that was really fun. appreciate your support yeah, and all the lovely chats. But um, if you haven't seen it yet and you've just listened to the episode or not neither at all, um, we urge you to because I, I I'm I'm very very proud of it actually. So um, that's all I have to say about that, Gemma. Yeah. Do we have some birthdays? We actually come? do. We actually have some birthdays to come. And a on. new entry too. Do we? Tenth of June, Bill Waddington who played Percy Sugden and Ryan Thomas who played Jason Grimshaw. Fantastic. Eleventh of June, Jackson and Maddox Bezik who played uh, Jack Webster, the first. Uninterested. Twelfth of June. <laughs> what is true? Jodie Prenger. Oh, is it Jodie's birthday this yeah. week? Happy Blender. birthday, her. Thirteenth of June, Teddy Turner who played Chalky Whiteley. Yeah. Writer Leslie Duxbury and Kim Marsh, who played Kim Michelle Marsh. Connor, Happy who still has her. not been bothered to come and see her child in his time of need. No, she hasn't, has she? She's or too busy. She's fake child. She's doing her Take That musical this summer, isn't she? Do you remember? No. It's 14th of June. <laughs> Sophia Fair enough. played Poppy Morales. 15th of June, Stephen Malatrat, and I haven't put down who he is, so Ooh, mystery, everybody knows. Mystery entry, And Stephen Rupert Malatrat. Hill, who is... Janie, Janie Baldwin. Baldwin. Happy birthday to all those fine folk. Lovely. Um, just in case anyone's still thinking, it is about three weeks until my birthday. Just saying. Well, just we saying. had a discussion about it yesterday. We did have a discussion about my birthday this year. I don't know what I want and I don't know what to do to celebrate it. And I it said is... to you, what do you want to do? Do you want to go out somewhere? Like, because you like... You like burgers, don't you? I do like a burger. So I said, burger, would yeah. you like to go to, to a burger place? And yeah. you went... 
Oh, we could go to Five Guys. I was like, you cannot go to Five Guys for your 40th birthday. Why not? And you said, why? Is it where the young people go? It's like, no. It's like going to McDonald's. It's not. Five well, Guys no, it's is expensive. Got, it's expensive, McDonald's. That's how you know it's a classy it's not a, it's establishment. A... Tell you what, Yvette would go to Five Guys over McDonald's. No, she wouldn't. She'd go to Byron. <laughs> I don't know what I want for my birthday. You I'm have to go boring. to somewhere that actually has waiter service. Otherwise... It's like going to be 10 minutes and everyone's got going, which I know you'd love. I seriously have got very little clue about what I want to do for my birthday. They are doing another star tour on my birthday, but I don't think I want to go. Well, I would love to go, but I don't think um, I, we can afford another trip up to Manchester just to go on a tour again, unfortunately. So um, I, I'm a bit, I, I, I don't know. If anyone listening has got any suggestions for what I could do for my 40th birthday that That's you think that I would like to do. Write in and let us know. You never know. You, you might get something. You win a competition. Yeah, that is the competition this we'll month. We'll send you a piece of birthday Suggest cake. a birthday celebration thing for me. So, um, oh, with that... Dear. What? I'm sorry, I don't have any imagination. I'm just, well, it's just what, the things I would suggest you don't want to do, so... Well, well, we'll think of something. We've still got time, haven't we? Okay, let's talk Corrie. Okay, street talk then this week, and already, like, and we're only caught for an hour into the podcast so far. I've had to jump up to get myself a glass of water because it's get ready for this, Gemma. Is it's it hot? it's too hot. It is too hot. Well, yes, I am saying it. It must be true. Wow, I thought it was so brilliant when it was hot. Apparently, I'm, it can be too hot. It's. I, I found it? it's not conducive to podcasting because um, oh, my mouth's drier than a camel's backside. Who said that? Blanche, you told me a minute ago. Oh, we're supposed to pretend. You're supposed to. Oh, you're supposed to pretend that you didn't know that, and I then you know. are an expert Coronation Street who knows very common Coronation Street quotes. Okay, so um, oh, we. Oh, shut up! <laughs> yeah, we... I'm rubbish. Yeah, I am rubbish. No, you're great. Let's get on with it. Let's talk. No, so we got the we got the roll in the hay storyline first, which um, which last week was utterly dull and all about um late licensing laws and everything but I actually found very interesting and quite um quite juicy this week next one Gemma I just want to go straight to the Aggie and Yvette and Ed storyline storyline title ready what is it oh, it's not that good actually I built this up a bit too much Aggie revated snobbery <sighs> think about it aggravated yeah yeah snobbery like robbery very yeah. funny Thank you. It's actually quite funny. Oh, thanks. Aggravated snobbery. Um, then we have got the Justin case, which came to um, a head on Monday's episode and completely fell off a cliff after there, in my opinion. Mm. Um, Max out. Yeah, Max out. He's yeah, out. He's out, he's out. He's Didn't want to come out. They had to prize him like a like a stag beetle on a cat uh, medicine bottle. Um, and, uh. <laughs> and, and to anyone who's watching on our YouTube channel at the moment, that doesn't make sense. Um, Lords of the Underworld is next. There are now two Lords of the Underworld, Owen and Stephen. I'm getting the funniest of looks from you at the moment. I can't remember anything that happened. I've had such a horrible day. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Well, we're going to have fun. We're going to have larks now, Gemma. Um, And we will finish with the Roy story as well. So would you like to do the big, serious, explosive roll in the hay storyline? Or would you like the more light-hearted, I'll do the the first one because you loved snobbery so much. I love them both. But you do the first one. You because didn't I... like this because you don't like Sarah. No, a, I don't a like naughty little, <laughs> strumpet. little strumpet. But no, but she got caught out. And ha ha, Sarah, think... you had it coming. No, I, no, he had it coming. Adam, it's all his fault. Why? Working too hard. <laughs> oh, yes, you said that the other day. Well, I said this like, it's really funny. I, it, 
<laughs> it, was, it was such a revelation into the state of our marriage <laughs> when you were going it's not his fault he's working hard to earn money for them and I was like but he's never there <laughs> yeah the difference is that I go to work much 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 earlier than Adam does in the morning at least he gets to see his wife and have a conversation with her before he heads off to the office so doesn't really he? what you're saying is that I've got more reason to cheat <laughs> well I mean if you go by Sarah's um, Sarah's uh, logic then yes absolutely he's but paying her attention you've got higher standards he's higher paying her attention listen what would save Adam and Sarah's marriage? A podcast. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they need to do. Unfortunately, um, I think that people might have trouble understanding what Adam's saying part of the time. We <laughs> we had to rewind it. What was it that he was saying today? He said, I don't trust a woman who comes to work oh, yes. in odd shoes. In odd shoes. But we thought he was saying... <laughs> I don't trust a woman who comes to work in her own shoes. And I was like, who is she going to come to work in? We had to put the subtitles on in the <laughs> I end. Like, I was like, what has happened I'm to DD sure shoes? I'm sure that he's saying odd shoes. But <laughs> I, I couldn't... Like I couldn't hear it from what he was saying. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yes, I'm very glad it came out today. But Gemma, just, just remind us. How did it happen? How did the secret of the century <sighs> finally blow up oh, into an explosive bistro snitch, rumble? That little snitch, Harry, I tell you what. I was telling you, I, I'm, I was admiring him this week i was like oh, it is possible michael that harry is the cutest child on coronation street well we started were like uh we did we started wednesday's episode and straight away you were like this kid, this is, kid so is adorable, adorable. And i was like no you can't say anything you can't is say he? anything you can't is say he? anything no, you can't say anything. But no, but I will say I was absolutely won over by Harry, and I can't believe how many lines they've given him. He's adorable. Like, how old is this kid? I can't He's remember. A how old, I mean, I remember when he was still in his mother's pumpkin. Um, and when he was being, <laughs> that was a Blackadder line, sorry. Okay. Um, and, and how, um, you know, Sarah was worried that he was being possessed by the devil or well, something like is. that. Because He's of him still being possessed Callum's by baby. the evil d- demon entity that is <laughs> the Callum. You said demon. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to say it right for about the past 10 years. Does anybody else say demon? Is it a Southampton <laughs> thing? Because I, I, I have <laughs> a few times in the past had to correct children at school who say really? demon. Demon. Yeah, I say it's demon. When I say demon, demon, I think I've missed something off the end. It sounds wrong. Demon. <laughs> <laughs> it is not demon. Um, it is. It's literally not. I, does, does, does anybody else demon. say demon? I'm going to carry it right. That's something? it. I'm I'm embracing I'm embracing my heritage and I'm going to say demon from now on because it sounds right. To me. <laughs> you um, say what do you? What is it you say? You say something. I say wrong. nothing wrong. You say I say new forest wrong. You say new forest instead of new forest. And it's the same. Oh my gosh! Wrong. You just said exactly the <laughs> no, same. Sorry, we'll get into Coronation Street. <laughs> Sorry if we. Sorry for people who are interested. Oh, I know what it is. Curry. I know what it is. You say macabre. I do say macabre wrong. I'm going to say. I often forget how right, to pronounce pole, that one. Pole, straw pole. What's worse? What's more annoying? Macabre or demon? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. It's, it's anyway, right. moving on. But can you just explain to me again the two ways of saying <laughs> the forest that is right. near us? The new forest. The new forest. The new forest. The new the forest. New you forest. say the new forest. You don't go the new forest. Oh my gosh, I I can just about hear it. But I'm sorry, I've been living here twenty years now, and I don't know. Every time you say it, you say it wrong, and it, it makes me so cross. <laughs> yeah, Gemma gets like I really get annoyed. I stop talking to you for Whenever I mention minutes. the new that that, <laughs> that place, 
But anyway, that's not about Coronation Street. I'm very, very sorry. We do waffle on. Um, so yes, Harry absolutely won me over and I can't believe how many lines he was given and actually did a really, really, really it's decent adorable. job with this week. Um, well done, but well yeah, done. Possessed. Uh, maybe. On Monday, Sarah was looking guilty because Damon... <laughs> Damon. <laughs> Damon and Adam go, going into the lawyer's office and uh, uh, then... Nick and Dee Dee joining in because they're talking about the late night licensing chat and my goodness what a boring thing when, to hook when, this story when this scene around. started today I was like no there's you know no way I'm still in it this week you know how I was complaining about how they've taken something really exciting in the Ryan storyline and turned it into a boring affair storyline yes and I am I, with you on that this week worse, by the way what's worse taking something thrilling and turning it into a into a in a first storyline, or introducing late night licensing purely for the purpose of getting Sarah and Damon in bed together. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. I'd rather it went this way because at least it is, you know, on the up now. Yeah, but they could have had a boundary dispute, couldn't they? <laughs> Think of all the great things that Adam does every day in his late night licensing. Anyway, Sarah follows in after, but she's put off because Damon's talking, giving it large and everything, so she heads off. And uh, Damon's still talking to Adam later and he's trying to, he's like, I'm trying to change. I just want an ordinary life. Um, at the bistro later, Damon's talking to the licensing people and he's saying, yeah, I was a bad lad. Um, I w- but I was in the bill as well. So does that count? <laughs> um, and his family's been involved um, and taken to court and stuff, but he's no- he's never been convicted, which honestly, if you're saying, yeah, I've got a colourful past, but I was never convicted. To me, that's like... I got away with it. Yeah, exactly. I've I never just, been punished. I just can't believe him. And I, I really hope that we're not going to have to believe that he becomes a reformed character because he's... I think he's a little bit like Paul in my head where like he came in you as a bit of a wrong one. And yeah, I well, find why it, can you accept I find it really, really difficult to accept. Of course. Of course why? You know, you know, well, how come you can't now. accept but, him, but you can accept Daisy? Because she's backslid um, this she's week. beautiful. Yeah, I can see mm-hmm. the difference. No, um, I no, I, I, I just, I can't in my head, and especially when he's been bonking around with Sarah, I can't, I can't think nicely about him at the moment. He's and never I think been I might struggle to if he stays in the future. I like him. Adam points out the council is trying to show that they're helping ex-offenders. Yeah, and they're so giving them jobs. Yeah, it employing them and stuff. They need to be consistent. Sorry, that, that, that was very skillfully done there. I'd written employing ex-offenders, but I must have typed it wrong somewhere because they are autocorrectors changed it to they are emptying ex-offenders. Well, you've so. written here, his family's been involved in judge... <laughs> he's never been convicted, and the council's trying to show they're emptying ex-offenders. You're, good, you're doing well. And I didn't point it out. Good but job. But no, I did. Uh, so he's like, look, more money, you're showing yourself to be um, benevolent to ex-convicts. This was going to be a win-win if you grant us this late-night licence. Damon's a good man. And honestly, shagging someone's wife is not against the law. Should be. <laughs> Sarah's looking nervous as the meeting's drawing to a close and Damon and Adam come and like, oh, it looks like it's all going to get approved. Then Adam tells Sarah Damon's got him tickets to a football match so he and Harry can go and watch it. Mm. And Sarah's like, oh, they're probably stolen. But then Sarah has a quiet one with Damon later and, and um, oh no, that's right. He Damon wants to go to, with Adam to this football match. But when Sarah speaks to him later, he then says to Adam, oh, I, I can't go. So he decides to 
take Harry. Yeah, Adam's going to take Harry now. But then on Wednesday, he's like, I can't go now because I've got work. And then Sarah's like, oh, well, no one can go then. Shona can go. I'm not taking... Ha- Why are you not taking your own son to football? She's like, I can't go. I hate football. It's the principle what a principle of thing. What an absolute cow. Why wouldn't you go? <laughs> Do you think Shona likes watching football with blimmin... What's her face? Lily. Lily. I well, doubt we, it. We did get to see a demonstration of Lily's football skills this week, didn't we? She hoofed that ball into the net that was two feet away from her nice one. She did nothing to assuage people's... What's the word? Criticisms of women's football standing two inches <laughs> from the goal to, to kick it in. But, and she you know, she's young. She's you young. know, she, at least we get to see her doing her fancy footwork, unlike James Bailey, if you remember that classic scene that from was last so funny. year. <laughs> and we, she didn't have a heart attack at the end of it as well. So Win-win. We were talking about, um, uh, on, on one of our previous podcasts, about a new Alan Carr show. Yes, but last week we were changing talking about ends. it. It's amazing. Switching ends, changing ends. Cha- yeah, really changing funny. ends. But four out of six episodes in, I'm already mourning that it's only two left. They there was a scene where one of the characters, because his dad in the show, Alan Carr's father, is the fo- a football manager of Northampton, and um, football club. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a scene where one of the characters is like kicking the ball about and like kicks kicks it to be to like teach an obnoxious child a lesson. And I was like, yes. Guess what you do? You hire someone to play football for the role of a football player. Well, they did that for James. They just... Well, they wouldn't let him do it. They are like, no, we, we're going to just film you. It's more dramatic <laughs> if we film your face. Yeah, they're like, well, we're going to need to see him play football in about two scenes throughout the whole of his time on the show, but we're going to need to see him act every time. Every time. So let's get Nathan Graham. Nice. <laughs> um, anyway, so... It, was, it wasn't his fault. It was the way they filmed it. It was just really conspicuous. Yes. Anyway, Damon and um, Leanne are talking about this late li- licensing launch. Oh. I know. <laughs> the the writers know that it's like... Let's have a big party. There's no way to, to sex that up, is there? It's sexy late licensing party. This is what they were worried about, the residents. Sexy late licensing parties, mm. yeah. Sarah comes into the cafe and she says, here you go, Shona, take this boring football ticket. I can't believe she did this, honestly. This is why Harry grasped her up. Yeah. Isn't it? I think maybe that is the main thing. I wouldn't. I would have a grudge against her. What a horrible mum she is. Anyway, Ali's flustered <laughs> later because she's got... Um, she didn't even, like, try to find anyone else. That, I mean, maybe she did, I don't remember. But, you know, I'm sure I'm sure somebody that isn't Adam could have taken Harry to the football. Well, she could have gone, how much, really, genuinely, how much are these tickets? Are they, how much are they? How much could they possibly be? Is it sold out? I doubt it. Get another ticket. Shona, Harry and Lily can all go together. Yes. But no. <laughs> Sarah's just selfish. Yeah. Anyway, Alia is like, like, she's, don't forget everybody, Alia is the best assistant that's ever been to the best lawyer that's ever been. But even the best people make mistakes because Alia's Gemma, flustered at she's work. been through a very tough year. I can't believe it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> she's been stabbed. No, listen, no, no, no. She's no. been blown no, up. No, 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 this is so funny. Oh dear, Alia. So Alia's flustered. She's got <laughs> the names... Was it this week when we got Yasmin saying, They put a bomb in our van! Don't be horrible. Great, great. So, um, Ali's flustered, she got the names mixed up because there's a client that's supposed to be meeting Adam later. Which is and why she he scheduled can't go to the football. The foot, she, everything wrong. And Sarah's like, Well, you've ruined it because Adam should have been taking Harry to this football match. And then Ali's like, Oh, could you? <laughs> I was blown up and stabbed and stuff. Was she? I can't remember. But 
I love this because I feel honestly I feel so bad for Alia that we don't still don't really care. <laughs> I know other people do, and it's really important for our character that you know we get reminded of this. But I well, just... yeah, because I mean that's the other story that's going on this week, isn't it? With Max out of prison. But it's just so funny. It honestly, it's it's kind of it just shows how crazy Corey is at the moment with how many different really uber dramatic storylines that are happening all at once. That is like, oh yeah. I'm gonna I guess say, you are. and also don't go on about it. Other people have been had acid thrown in their face, so that's true. I mean, I mean, I don't Ryan's get Ryan. Consigning Ryan's himself not going around at the moment. Getting, getting names confused. Look at schedules. me! Look what's happened to me! I've had acid in my face. No, and no, Everybody's no. had tragic yeah. lives on that street, Line haven't up. they? Everybody's had some hard year. Come and stand in front of Alia. Yeah, tell her about there'd it. There'd be no, there'd be no standing room. And I'm there. gonna still say. Maybe not her fault. She maybe couldn't have avoided the stabbing. But if you don't want to get blown up, then you don't drive off in a van with a bomb in it. Yeah, that was just a, a tip. That was a rookie move. <laughs> <laughs> she won't do that again. <laughs> don't do that in a hurry, will she? So, um, Sarah's look says, "Don't worry about Max. He's not going to make contact with you." We all know what happens there. But you guys don't have to wait. Sarah has a chat with Todd in the street. This was the what I referenced earlier, the nice scene between those two characters. And um, she asks him about his love life. And he's saying, oh, I don't think there's anyone who's set my heart aflutter yet. And, and she's, she's like, like mm. oh, I got someone who sets my heart aflutter. Sarah goes, um, sex is up, apparently, to see Damon. Yes, sex is up. She kind of schmoozes up to him, all oh, sexily. Oh, Damon. Oh, oh, it looks like it's just me and you. Oh, oh don't close the door. Oh, oh, no, I'm married. Adam, what do you mean? Oh, it's, it's not here. It's not here. It's just you, Damon. Oh. Anyway. Um. <laughs> That's literally exactly what happened. And he's like, oh, God. Ten seconds later, she's on her back. What? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, seriously, does anybody have any sympathy for Sarah at all yes, this week? Yes, I do, I do. If you do, get right out. Okay, because fine with she me. has been asking for this. I'm sorry, Sarah, you got caught by your son. You, she's oh, okay, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. But on a, she got she got everything she had coming to her this week. The, the little minx. the minx. little minx. So. Right, so anyway, they they have they they take they advantage of the facilities and um Adam <laughs> returns to work later. What facilities are there in the bistro office that is useful? Well it's there's no sex fridge, that's for sure. <laughs> there isn't known. So um, <laughs> Adam returns to work later and Alia says, Oh, uh, me and me and um Sarah had a argument and he's like she's like he says to her but you've been blown up. How can anyone expect you to be able to schedule appointments correctly? I don't even know where you're working there, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, Sarah and Adam, Sarah and Damon, sorry. I mean, she got confused. Why, why shouldn't I? And honestly, the names are not that different, are they? No, they're not. It's just an extra O. And you know what I mean by that? <laughs> so anyway, they've had their time, haven't they? time. <laughs> We've got, we've got to keep this light for the kiddies. You know, all the children at the <laughs> Right, so Sarah... I really hope not. Sarah admits to entertainment. She's like... She's like, you know, with, with all 
all this kissing and sex, I just can't help but feel like I might be cheating on Adam. Oh, yeah, she did, didn't she? But I feel like I've got a connection with you. <laughs> and Damon says, yeah, oh I've never gosh, felt like this about anyone before. So. I, I'm i like, I, I gotta hate Sarah for this. and uh, But I'm loving how just completely oblivious oblivious she's got no self-awareness dumb she's being isn't she and this is like this is completely in her character it's like with her being like boss of the office and stuff which she's clearly not suited at all you know that she's She's, got she's ditzy but she's not like rosie webster ditzy is she She, She... if if sarah does not have on her desk a little um what's the uh rubber travel mug that has girl boss on it i will eat my hat <laughs> right so um they're in they're in the flat aren't they they are yeah and then gail comes in because harry is ill and she's brought him home from school and she's very surprised to see them both there because she says she's been trying to get in contact with everybody but nobody's come to get him so she's had to pick harry up herself and sarah's saying oh no D- damon came to see adam and gail's like uh, i don't know what i think about this Sarah puts Harry to bed and tells Damon that he better go. And then before they, before they, uh, he leaves, they have another kiss. But unbeknownst to Sarah, Harry it was just a pet goodbye, Gemma. Harry is watching <laughs> from the door like a little child figuring out Father Christmas is actually his dad. <laughs> so Gail, Gail goes back to see Sarah later, and she is um, asking. She's going to look after Harry because yeah. Sarah's got to go to a meeting. And then Gail says, are you okay? Because you seem really hyper and excited about something. And Sarah's like, oh, I'm fine. And Gail says, look, be careful with that Damon guy. He seems a bit too Jack the Laddish. And who knows what kind of salubrious types he hangs around with. And Adam really shouldn't be, you know, having his clients around the house who keep work and life separate. She's definitely clocked something at this point, hasn't she, Gail? She gives and, her a funny look as Sarah Lee. Yeah, so. and th- this these Gail scenes tonight were absolutely, you know, it, it's not vintage sort of 80s, 90s prime Gail. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far, but this was an awful lot better than a lot of what we've seen from Gail for a very, very long time. She wasn't being, you know, she wasn't being her silly self, was she? So, well done. Cory writers for giving us something serious to do. Yeah, she she really worked. She did perfectly. Yeah, she did. This it is great. what's frustrating. This is what's so frustrating. Is Helen Worth still fantastic when she gets given, uh, you know, something serious? Yeah, things that aren't you know Mrs. Mott. But I think she, I I don't mind her doing the silly stuff. But I know a lot of people don't don't like. I wouldn't that mind it so Gail. much if it was just the odd bit here and there, or if it even balanced out equally yeah. with the more serious yeah, stuff. Yeah, see but what you mean. It really, really doesn't. But anyway, anyway, I loved it. Harry the little snitch. He draws a picture of mummy and the other man kissing. Like, why are you doing this? This is what, this is like a quite, this is quite tropey, I'm going to say, isn't it? And I can't think of any other examples at all in Coronation Street where this happened, but I'm sure there have been many. There was that story once, um, there was the scene, do you remember a few years ago when, um, I can't remember, was it, was it Ruby or was it Hope? Um, drew a picture of um, the family with the, with the Dobbs family and there was Phil with his big muscles. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, and, I'll do it. Too. And there was also the one that she drew with um with Fizz on a roller coaster or something in the Jade storyline. Yeah, but everyone was being yeah, killed. Or kids something. communicating by drawing pictures of what they see is a is a is tropey. Does that happen in real life? Do they do that? I don't know. I don't know, but they always draw the same house. Yeah, square with a triangle. 
Yeah. Four windows and a door. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <sighs> Gail's like, what? This is basically as good as photographic evidence. <laughs> <laughs> so, She's probably just impressed by Harry's leap drawing skills. Like, I mean, I can, that doesn't look like Adam. I can, I can do that. This is an incredibly detailed picture of Damon Hay. <laughs> Sarah comes home after the meeting and going, oh, t-shirts. And Gail says, hang on, look. Look at this picture. <laughs> Look at this photograph of you and Damon. <laughs> and Harry said, you I were think kissing. that Harry's the one that does the foot, the uh, the e fits for Weatherfield Police. If you remember that <laughs> one of Emma last yes. year, <laughs> who could forget? Who could forget? Sarah says, "Other man, I should be so lucky." <laughs> oh, Mum, what do you mean, <laughs> Damon? Me, <laughs> Did he say it was Damon? Oh, I should have said it was Damon. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, 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 oh. Me and Adam are totally rock solid. I wouldn't kiss anybody. <laughs> and Gail says, "Don't tell me you've been carrying on with that Damon." And Sarah's like, "Oh, damn it." <laughs> she says, "Things have gotten out of hand. I've slept with him." And then Gail wordlessly holds up the other picture that Harry drew. What's that? Them in bed together. Oh no. <laughs> no, he didn't draw that. Sarah looks very guilty and says, Damon just makes me feel excited and Adam has been working so hard. All right. It's like he's never right. at home. I get it. He doesn't help me with the allotment and he never... <laughs> there's, a, there's about 12 to 16 tomato plants that have been needing to go out and grow back. Are there indeed? That have been, I've been asking about Adam, Adam helping me with. <laughs> yes, Adam, yes, and, I get and it. And he hasn't, and they're Anything all, else? they're actually all getting flowers on Does them Does Adam now. need to empty the dishwasher before Adam bed tonight? Adam also needs to get more on top of the recycling bin, because <laughs> we had a conversation when we bought the bin, <laughs> and I specifically said, there's no point us getting this bin if you're not going to empty it. Yeah. And, and he promised he would, but you know how often, Mum, I go to put something in the recycling bin and there's just no room. Adam's job isn't nine till three, you know, Gemma. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) And holidays for Adam aren't actually your holidays all the time. It's holidays (laughs) for his clients. (sighs) Gail says, you need to stop shagging about, really, don't you? (laughs) Anyway, um, Gail says, look, these things end badly. I've been in this programme for a long time. I've never seen Seen a happy ending, if you know what I mean. For an affair. And Zara says, I've been trying to end it. And Gail says, not hard enough. And everyone around the country goes, whoa. Sarah says, I was going to tell him it was over today, but I couldn't because he kept shagging me. (laughs) Gail says, does she really think, does she think that she's trying really, really hard and just failing because she's just so naturally alluring? Because she really isn't, is she? I'm sending him mixed messages, Mum. I keep going, oh, Damon, oh, we can't, can't do this anymore. Oh, we, oh, oh, those are my pants. Oh, they're on the floor. Oh, oh, oh Damon. Oh, 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 I better get somebody to stitch this elastic better. Close the door. This is why I like this character. Well, I'm yeah. a little bit this jealous. Why... I don't have any good characters on the go this at the moment. This is why Damon's... Is she finds that he finds her completely irresistible. <laughs> he wouldn't. So any okay. any red-blooded male? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking we just stop the podcast right now, Gemma. <laughs> I can't do so for that long. <laughs> right, listen. Sarah goes to see Damon in the bistro and tells him about Harry seeing them and knowing. And now, I don't know if she mentions Gail knows, but he's basically saying it's, it's got to stop. And Damon says, no, this could be our chance to get to take it out in the open. And she says, no, we mustn't tell anyone. We've got to end it now. Adam 
comes home from work and he's bought a Weathy County football. Yes, a Weathy County football. Oh, a football. A football. football. You watched the episode, didn't you? Oh, I thought he was saying Weathy County football. No. It wasn't even a mini football like that basketball that Craig bought Macy. Craig will never live that down. (laughs) So he's a great stepdad. Everyone feels bad about it. Sarah takes Harry to one side. She's like, yeah, <laughs> I love. It. This was the worst parenting on Coronation Street. For a and long there are some time. strong contenders. This was you know. awful. But this was like <laughs> this I was, was watching it get Sarah. You can't do you? this to your child, Sarah. You, you horrible. So she's like, Harry, you know how you were sick earlier, and and you you were hallucinating, weren't you? And, you know, you think that you saw something, but did you just see me give him a little kiss on the cheek to say goodbye? And Harry's like, no, you was having a massive snog. I drew a picture. Look, here it is. I put it on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry, and so I was like, no, no, you She's need like, to go to bed. Like sometimes when you're sick, you imagine things. You just thought She's you like, saw that. It's like that. Munchausen's, isn't it? Although oh, apparently we don't call it that anymore. No, it's... I've had training, but I can't remember what it's called. I would look oh, it we we had it. We talked about it for ages on the podcast before. Did we? Pseudo something. I don't remember. So, um, Honestly, <laughs> she's I like, couldn't believe go to bed. You didn't see anything. It was all a hallucination from your flu. In fact, you're still asleep now. I'm not even here. <laughs> go to bed. You're still asleep. For the benefit of the listeners, Gemma is waving her arms around. <laughs> so on Friday, Sarah's like. You know what? I like checking him out so much. I want to do it all day long. But you're it's just Adam. Payment's my ear, so Adam, Adam duvet day. Duvet day. Me, you. And he's like, I actually have work to do. Believe it or not. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's why I've been checking him out. He can say that as much as he wants. But it's... I'm sorry. I know I do work hard. What? What are, you, what are you talking about now? I'm just, No, I'm just saying. He but can say that. It, I, I, it's the script trying to make us understand... Sarah's actions and go well yeah he does work hard doesn't he are we supposed to be thinking that are we supposed to be thinking oh Adam he's such a terrible husband for working all that time because they keep dropping it in and I just don't believe (laughs) sorry I had to blow my nose I just I just don't believe is there anybody out there that thinks that Sarah is perfectly within her rights to do it because she's being neglected by her terrible husband she is being neglected he is terrible she's not no he is I've been telling you for years. Right, listen. Munchausen's is factitious disorder. That's the one. Imposed That's the one. on I self. I do remember this. Um, yeah, who was that? It was um, uh, Emma's boyfriend, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Curtis. Mm. You're talking about, yeah. The doctor. Yeah. So. Well, that's when he does it to himself, isn't it? And Sarah's doing it to, to Harry. Others, yeah. No, it would be, in fact, tissue disorder would be if she was like, oh, Harry, you're really sick. Bonk. Look, you've got a headache now, don't you? <laughs> you must be ill. Anyway, so on Friday, um, Sarah goes to the bistro, tells Nick that she and Adam cannot go to the late licensing launch thing tonight because Harry's still unwell. And then she ends up with Damon, just them two together. And she says, that I'm so embarrassed about <laughs> gaslighting my own son. Then she gets a mysterious phone call from Carla and she's got to go. Do we find out what that is? Yeah, we do. It's the selling. Oh, is, oh yeah. Cool. So, I didn't um, she goes back home and she asks Adam and Harry if they want to play a family game together. 
And Harry's like, no, I don't want I don't want to get milkshakes. I hate you. So Sarah tells Adam that she, why, what is wrong with Harry? I can't work it out. And he wants to get to the bottom of it. And then she's worried now that he's on the case. So Sarah sits Harry down and is like, look, <laughs> you keep saying I'm a slag and I'm not. <laughs> Stop telling people I had a kiss with someone who wasn't Adam. It was just a goodbye kiss. We've got to keep it a secret. And he says, it's a lie. You told me never to lie. And then he walks off. And then Adam comes home and Harry runs up to him. And this was the, the second, well, the first moment of the, of, the, of the episode where we got confused about what somebody was saying. Because it sounded like Harry ran up to Adam and went, Mum's a lawyer! Oh, yeah, it does, Mum's a lawyer! <laughs> no, liar. He's saying it's a lie. <laughs> so, um, he, I hate her. And Adam's like, go to your room. And then he says to Sarah, am I, am I missing something? And then immediately... Sarah confesses. They sit down. She says, I'm really sorry. I do love you, but I, there was a kiss. I didn't know Harry's seen it. I kissed Damon. I wish I could take it back. I can't. And he says, is that what it was? She's like, <laughs> well. She like shakes her head for a bit, doesn't she? And then she, she said she slept with him. But she doesn't mention it was like several times. I don't think she does, does she? Anyway, Adam's furious. Sarah's crying. She's trying to explain how it happened. And, and she's like, oh, I thought he was going to go to prison. <laughs> so it's fine, isn't it? You get one free prison shag. Is that not right? I thought that's why you got into the law game. <laughs> Just uh, sending him off with a smile on his face. So he, no matter what she says, Adam's not buying any of it. He goes off because he's going to kill Damon. So meanwhile, at the bistro, everyone's having a great time for the late night licensing party. Yeah, and all it's, the coolest kids are there, aren't they? Simon's there, Simon, Spider's Toya, there, Toya's Simon. there, everybody, Ken, Daniel. Yeah, I know. They've attracted the creme de la creme of party animals <laughs> on the street. Adam strides in, everyone's having a go. He has a go at Damon and Nick and Leanne are mortified. Sarah comes in. Well, it's because like all the press is there, isn't yeah. it? To review the bistro. And, yeah, uh, and he's like... And the owner's being accused of being off a my wife. Sarah, Sarah's like, no, no. And Adam says, yeah, Dame's been shagging Sarah. Then they start. he starts having a little tussle and knocks into Daniel, spills a drink on Ken. It's a disaster. It's the worst social event since, <laughs> I don't know, a tram crash. <laughs> really, which brought so everyone together, didn't it, really? Damon leaves. Ken tells Sarah... Maybe she should go too. And I'll tell he's you what, mad, you get dissed by, by Ken in front of everybody. Yeah. You might as well just curl up and die. Yeah. At a party as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes silent. It's like, yeah, it's like a school disco. Sarah leaves. Michael follows. They're approached by Damon. Sarah tells Michael, it's okay, I, I, you I've can leave. It. Damon seems pleased that it's all come out because he's got this delusion that they're going to be together. Sarah says, no, it was meaningless. I love Adam. I want him back. Damon says, well... You're cool, but you've got to be careful. Back at the bistro, Adam's sitting in a booth, um, just completely dazed, and Dee Dee comes to comfort him, but then it becomes apparent that she knew all along, so he sacks her and accuses her of having odd shoes, which is quite funny. And Sarah's having a sob with um, Gail later when Adam comes home and everyone goes a bit quiet when he walks in the room. Gail leaves Sarah with Adam 
And he's like, oh, you, you always were a sucker for a bad boy. I should have seen it coming. I think it gets really tense. And Harry comes in and, and he's like, oh, I'm such a cute orphan urchin child. Not quite stop, an orphan. Stop fighting. Half orphan. And he asks, um, he asks Adam to give his mum a hug. And so Adam puts his arm around her and Sarah's just crying and they're all they're hugging Harry, but you can tell it's just it's not gonna work out later it's on. Been, it's for show, it's a show hug. Adam's packing his bags and she wants to talk and he's like, no, takes off his wedding ring, puts it on the table, and says I'm sorry, Sarah, you're not the woman I married. Devastating. And he leaves. Nice. That she, was she has it coming. <sighs> How did you Poor find, Adam. How did you find the story, Gemma? <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's proper dramatic. It was dramatic. And, like, and it was like, it, I, you know, we, we said before on the on the podcast that we've not invested in Adam and Sarah as a couple. No, not at all. But still really enjoy this drama. <laughs> just Sarah just like, what's the worst thing to do? I'm going to do that. Yeah. And every, sing, I'm every it. single it's time disaster. she gets a chance to do to make a decision, she's like, how could I ruin my life more than I have already? I'm going to lie to my own child. I'm going to sleep with my husband's business partner. I'm going to lie to his face. I'm going to lie to my mum. I'm going to ruin a party. <laughs> it's funny because like, I, I still much prefer Sarah as a character to Adam. But I just like shaking my head at every moment with the stupid upon stupid things that she's doing you're definitely invited to share sarah's perspective more than you are adam i think so yeah she is the main character if you like of this yeah and he's just the victim of it but i'm I'm glad that he reacted in the way he did because i mean it could have gone down the route and and i think did lydia get a mention i can't remember i think she might have done it could have gone down the route of like well you know I was a bit of a I was a bit of a player in the day, so I'll give you one free pass. But he absolutely was just like never... not having of it. He he wasn't ever unfaithful to her, and I don't blame him. After everything that happened last year with Lydia, when he was accused of having an affair with her, and she was like, "How I I he he if I thought he's you know been somewhat restrained, I would say in his condemnation of her sleeping around, honestly." Um, and, and that moment at the end of the episode where he takes his ring off, puts it down, plonks it on the table. I think, yeah, that was that was all that was needed. That says all. Oh, that's a this is over move, isn't it? Do you um, think it's really over? Um, I think they're going to get back together. I don't really know. It's, I'm, I'm not in the slightest interested in their marriage staying together. You know, I I don't I'm not I'm not, I don't care about them as a couple. But then I'm also thinking like, I, I I don't think I'd be interested in Adam in a relationship with anyone necessarily. Um, and I, and it's it's always sad when when a relationship breaks up. And they're not they're not like I need this couple to split up. They're so bad for each other. It makes terrible television. It's not like that. Um, but I don't know. Do you think that they'll Do you think that they'll get back together? Is he going to forgive her? I, I just can see, I just think she's going to be end up being pregnant because oh, she yeah. just kept, every time she slept with Damon, she was like, I know what's a good idea, I'll sleep with Adam too. And I think that that's going to complicate things, clearly. Mm. Um, you can you can actually find out who the father is while you're pregnant. So I don't know whether that will be what they do. 
is I don't know. Every, is, is that a recent thing? Yes, I think so. How do you do it? Well, there's a test you can do. Oh. As, as early as nine weeks along, apparently. You just like, you know, stick a needle in there and... I don't, I don't know whether it's a, a good idea. It's normally better to wait till the baby's born. Yeah. But um, you can take a blood sample. Oh, okay. Interesting fact. Um, well, maybe they could go down that route, because I don't think they've done that in Coronation Street before. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not seen anything, honestly, but I, it's, it's felt for a few months, and, you know, it's not a, a stretch of the imagination to think that a, a, an affair storyline is going to end in a pregnancy, but it's felt like it's been going that way for a while, especially with everything last year about them wanting to have a baby together and then one of them not wanting to have a baby and now yeah it can definitely be a who's the daddy thing so I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't um if that reveal isn't imminent to be honest um the question is who who would the father be um I because I can see the way that Damon's been acting around Sarah at the moment I think he would probably quite like the opportunity to be a dad again don't you I think he Damon. would Damon yeah I think he would probably say well it's it's probably mine I hope it's mine I want it to be mine maybe maybe she might want to get rid of it just in case and Damon would be saying no no I don't don't well, because it could be mine and I you know I really think that we've got something and, and I like I said earlier I don't really buy his I've I've changed story I I think I do buy the fact that he's got a, a, some kind of emotional investment in Sarah and it's not just all about the bonking. Yeah. I think for him, he probably has got, he's thinking more about it, but for her... No, she's it, just being... It's just idiot. literally a roll in the hay, isn't it? <laughs> but her, uh, but but yeah, he's he's falling for her and she's just, she's feeling neglected. Now, I, d- I know, we know that Adam wanted a, a baby with Sarah and she didn't want one. Yeah. But I wonder how this story... There's so many options for this story, which is quite... I'm actually not... Um, normally I'd be like, oh, God. Pregnancy, following an affair with two men. Oh, it's just really predictable, soapy cliche. But with this, you've got... Um, is she going to tell them both? Or is she going to keep it a secret? Mm. Um, is she going to tell one it's his child and not the other and hope that the other one doesn't notice she's just suddenly pregnant? Or is she going to tell both of them? Are they going to have the same reaction? Because Adam and Damon, like you said, they, I think they would both be happy to, to have a son or a daughter. But um, would Adam actually turn around and say, I hope it's not mine. I, I realised it'd be the worst thing in the world to have a baby with you. Mm. I think you should have an abortion. Yeah. And I mean... if, she, if he said that, would she then sort of get, turn to Damon and... Mm and go go to go to him to ask for him to support and then it turns out it is adams mm. i don't know it, <coughs> this this is actually kind of history repeating itself isn't it because yep. if you remember when gail was pregnant with sarah there was the is it is it brian's um baby or is it brian's cousin australian ian latimer and i can't remember all the details of the story it wasn't ian's it, it, no, it was not ian's in the end but didn't brian kind of say I'm not, I'm not Gail, it. I'm not, uh, if, if this baby isn't mine, I'm leaving you. And I think he did leave her for a bit, didn't yeah. he? And then he came back once it turned out that it's his. I can't remember what Ian's stance on it was. But yeah, it's quite, <clears throat> it's really it's quite in, clever yeah, it's that this is, it happened to her and when Gail's she was like, conceived. And now it's, yeah, it's happening all over again. Goes. Gail did say today, I think she kind of hinted at it. And Brian, so, Brian got a mention this week, didn't he? With his, uh, with his luscious locks. She's just like, looks. 
scale, it's a curse. Uh, us women in the family were just alluring. <laughs> Would you rather the baby was Adam's or Damon's as, as a viewer? I mean, I like the idea of it being Adam's just because it's another Barlow. That's a very good point. When, when Ken was telling Sarah off today, I was like, oh, I mean, that's his daughter-in-law. Hang on a minute, say that again. Ken was telling Sarah off. Yes. I know, it's really difficult. Is it the granddaughter-in-law? No. Granddaughter-in-law, yes. So that would be his great-grandchild. And, and and if, you know, that ties yeah. the Platts and the Barlows together more than anything else. Mate, oh, right. I really can't remember. Everyone's Gotta related to Gotta keep the dynasty strong. But you know what I mean? This could be like, you know, the, the, the ultimate Coronation Street character. A Barlow Platt. I guess so. I guess it could be. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Um, I, 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 I don't really want Damon to stay in the programme. Oh, I and like I'm really him. sorry, Damon fans, but no, he's I just like not. Him. He's just not working for me. <sighs> and having Dame and having Sarah lumbered with his kid, that's gonna give him. Yeah, well, a... it didn't work out so bad with her, her and Callum, did it? Yeah, well, yes, that quite. Don't matter, does it? No. Um, I think. Just kill him off. <laughs> You know, we we don't necessarily we don't really like pregnancy and baby storylines anyway. We've said over the years, um, so in a way, I'm. Uh, is it going to be one of these Corrie pregnancies that ends in a miscarriage or an abortion? Which is, you know, it is the fifty percent of them. But I'm trying to remember the last time anyone had a baby on Coronation Street. It was uh, it was Abby, wasn't it, last year? But she did, the thing is, we didn't even know she was pregnant, and neither did she. For like, she just had a baby out of nowhere, and. You know, normally there's a pregnancy. I don't know. I just feel like there hasn't been mm, a Corey pregnancy for a while. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I've got a feeling that this right now could be the peak of this story, <laughs> and then it could just go a bit downhill and boring. Uh-oh. But I, I was really at the beginning of this week, not 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 ready for another round of Sarah and and Damon sneaking around. But uh, but. I think the moment that was this change for me was when Adam caught them. Not Adam, sorry, Harry caught them. Yeah. And it's just kind of zoom into him oh, peering so around sad. the corner for that break time this cliffhanger. Poor, this poor kid too, right? He's just ruined his own his own life and he doesn't even know it because he it seems like he really loved Adam and Adam is not gonna stick about to to help raise Harry. I think he is, because I think that Adam does feel I, I don't think instincts so. towards Harry. Oh. No, I don't think so. Not based on previous Coronation Street. How many kids have been raised by about two different couples on average? Oh yeah, I know, I know that. He's but... never going to see that kid again. No, I unless th- he comes I... back to to be with Sarah, he's dumped that kid now. He doesn't. He's not going to give two thoughts about him ever again. Mm, maybe. Well, I don't know. And this poor. This is what I'm just trying to say. This poor kid. He looked out of the doorway and with that, he's unknowingly just turned his whole life upside down. I think they need to keep hold of this picture and then like have it be discovered in an attic in about 20 years time or something. And this is when this is when the baby finds out the, the truth behind its conception. But you know what I mean? Poor Harry, he doesn't he doesn't even know what he's done. No, it's not I know. his fault either. No, it's not his fault. But um, he's now probably going to have a different dad. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Sarah's reaction now is going to be to try and get Adam back? Yeah, or is she grovel. more likely to, to no, just go to Damon? She's going to grovel. Damon's going to try and court her. Then she's going to realise she's pregnant. Then she's going to tell Adam it's his. Adam's going to be like, how do you even know? 
Wait, you, you sh- did you sleep with him at the same time? And then she's going to have to be like, well, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same day every time. And he's going to be like, ew, that's horrible. <laughs> and then he's going to demand that she has a test. And then she probably will say, no, I'm not going to for the drama. Yeah, well, we'll see. That, that seems and then, like a And then he won't, and then, and then Damon will just like overhear or like open a bin and see a pregnancy test and be like, oh, Sarah's pregnant with my baby. And then Damon and Adam will have a fight. I hope so. Where are we? It's, so it's June. Ju- July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, we're six months. We're halfway through the year. No, I'm working out when she's going to have the oh, baby. Oh, when she's going to have the baby. She gonna have a, she's going to ruin her brother's birthday by having him on Christmas Day. Could have her. a Christmas birthday. Well, I mean... Yeah, six six, six months till till early December. Stick on a few extras. I don't well, think just, I don't think they've been together for that long. No. But she might have an early one. Maybe she could have a New Year's baby. Maybe. Maybe she'll have a but Valentine's that's, that's Day baby. Nick's birthday then, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I think this is possibly the peak... Um, but I'm glad that at least it had one because I was, I was really not feeling this story. So, um, I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it, wasn't, it, was, it was gripping. Entertaining. And, and it, honestly, it had some great acting all round. Yeah. Like we said, we great were very pleasantly surprised by, by Harry. Um, Gail, Gail was great. Yeah. T- Tina O'Brien, I've always said that I really, really rate her as an actress. I yeah. think she is fantastic. They give her some weird stuff to do and boring stuff to do sometimes, but scenes like this show she is, I, I think, fairly underrated as an actress, actually. I think she's really, really good, and, and she has been ever since, you know, she was 12, 13 or whatever, since we've seen her on Coronation Street. But um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's that that's, that's really made this week, really. So um, congrats, Cory. You've earned my seal of approval. Also, just want to make it clear that whenever we don't understand what someone is saying... It's funny to me because I can't... It's my fault. Not because somebody is saying things wrong or yes, pronouncing things not Adam's incorrectly. Fault. It's because I cannot understand it <laughs> and that makes me laugh at myself. Yes. Just to be clear. Exactly. So, uh, should we move on to the next one? Yeah. So, the, the Aggie-related snobbery storyline. This line. is brilliant. Where on earth? Like, I... What... what Where it, did this come from? Brilliant. Because it's... Is this a filler storyline? Is it like what all filler storylines wish they were because you know looking at it it's just the same as brian and george making a boat together or what other fillery stories have we had this year i can't even remember at the moment well, it there's been as it. but this is just absolutely perfect absolutely brilliant it's a Bailey storyline. They never get stories. And I've just been very recently saying the Baileys need a story. It's a comedy storyline, which was pit but perfect fit for them. It involved more jibes about Aggie's cooking, which I still <laughs> never get bored of. It had two brilliant guest cast in, um, I keep forgetting the man's name, uh, Patrick, Yvette and Patrick. And who is it that plays um, I'm Yvette? I'm just trying to... Oh, Arabella Weir. That's it, that's it. It was... It all just somehow came together into something that, for me, was an absolute hit. And I, I, I haven't seen that much chatter about it online. I've not really been reading many Cory forums or anything recently, but sometimes, you know, things things come in. Did anybody else? Was anyone else just blown away by how brilliant this story was, or is it just me? A- Arabella Weir, did you say? Mm-hmm. What an utter revelation. And we were watching her on Monday going... We're looking at. We've seen her before. I knew we? I knew. We, I knew. I knew I've seen her before. But we we didn't. Phil know. Neely is the um, person oh, yes. who 
plays the other guy. He, he's good, but he, he and he he's um he wrote uh he wrote making a murder of the musical. Oh, which well, there you brilliant. go. There you go. Um, he he's obviously played second fiddle to uh, Yvette in this story, though. But we we were watching them on Monday, and we looked at each other and like, do we know her? Have we seen her before? Has she been on Coronation Street before, playing a different character? And we like looking on Coropedia, putting in the actresses like, nope. Um, and and she's, she's a comedian. She's a well-known comedian. I do. I don't know where I've seen her. You <laughs> said she was in the Fast Show, did you? Which I didn't ever watch. I don't think. But I don't know. She was. She was just absolutely fantastic and entertaining. And she's one of these rare characters where, uh, like, in their early um, appearances, I'm there thinking, "Oh, don't ever leave." But I know in my heart that this completely smacks of guest appearance doesn't it she's got a week in her two weeks max I, i'm it feels hoping like. she's gonna come back next week for this charity auction well she will because it was at the threatened. bistro she yeah, says doesn't she that th- this is this is a um oh my gosh i've forgotten a name mimi of a character isn't it she's snobbish she's hilarious but she's like limited time only so appreciate her while you can she was in um she was in Doctor Who Christmas Special in 2011. Oh, yeah, I saw that, but that was the, the line the Witch in the Wardrobe knockoff, and that was a boring Christmas. I didn't like most of the Christmas Doctor Who's, to be fair. Anyway, so what happened in this story? So there's a Japanese-French fusion fusion night at the hotel later at Chariot Square that Aggie's trying to get Ed to go to. You were furious. Why yeah, I wanted to see what they were eating. Yeah, and I mean, also, as a connoisseur of both French and um, Japanese. Japanese cuisine... They had pictures of bao buns on the menu. Wrong. Yeah, that's Chinese, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Even I know that. Um, so anyway, uh, Ed's, Ed's still kind of gutted about Paul. But it's still re- That story didn't get much of a mention this week, did it? Apart from um, we find out from Bernie on tonight's episode that Paul doesn't have the gene he needs for the for the therapy. So no surprises there particularly. But yeah, he, he, he doesn't, he's not really in the mood for getting out. And she says, um, and, and then she says, oh, maybe I can cook some it. And Ed's like, Oh, you know what, my darling? Maybe we can go out tonight then. And and that, like, Aggie saying maybe I'll cook summer, and then the look that he gave, excuse me, that's my weekly email, um, was just, that was the, the thing that pushed this this story deliciously in the right direction of comedy. I, and, and, and you never like it when characters on, uh, or female characters on Curry Can't Cook, can you? Do you? Just find but, it. Just but I think that it's... It, for Aggie, it's, it's, it's it works somehow. The joke, it's because the joke is, is based upon the stereotype that women must be able to cook. And it's only funny that a woman can't cook because women should be able to cook. That's why I find it annoying. Yeah, but I think it's more part of Aggie's personality. I don't know. It's more built into Aggie than it has been any other character. Yeah. I just, just she's like she's the Mrs. Cropley, isn't she? Kind of character. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so they decide, of course, they're going to go to the hotel. So they're there. They're they're doing. They've got some bubbly there, and then this couple turns up who clearly know them and are absolutely thrilled to see them. The Baileys. Not so much. They they kind of giving it a like, like. Oh jeez. I thought that these people were out of our lives for Never good. Have to see them so again. this couple is Yvette and Patrick, and these are old neighbours from the days when the Baileys used to be rich and had massive house together. So they come from the very um, uh, classy part of the neighbourhood, not Weatherfield apparently, because as soon as Weatherfield gets a mention, they like turn their nose up at. Uh, yeah, Weatherfield has not got a great reputation. How apparently. would you describe Yvette? Um. Apart from, you know... Well, she's who Sally thinks she is. Yes. That's a really good she, one. She's 
um, flippant and arrogant and... Well, I don't think that Sally thinks she's arrogant. No, no. No. But she's, um, yeah, she's just snobbish and she doesn't seem to have any awareness of other people. She she will openly criticise and look down her nose on people, enjoy doing it and not care who she might, uh, who she might hurt. Caricature of, of middle class. Yeah. And very, very outgoing and, and bubbly. And, Love, uh, and She loves being rich. Yeah. And she had, doesn't, she's got, she's not like one of these hand-wringing guardian readers that eat chickpeas from a can to try to make themselves feel like they're no, suffering No, she has from, a life of opulence and she the, loves it. From the, um, the money crisis. Mm. You know, she's literally like, why would I eat chickpeas? I've got caviar in the fridge. Yeah. I don't. I didn't get very much of Patrick's personality at all, but he he just seems to like just go along with her. There. He 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 shares in her jokes when they're looking down their they're noses just super, at people. Super but she's the instigator. Arseholes. But they don't. They're not trying to be mean. They're just mean because that's who they are. Yeah, it's just that comes naturally to them. Of course, we're more we're more better off than you. So why wouldn't we be? So yeah, they they turn out. Oh, Ald Aldeny Edge I've written here is where they used to live. So there we go. And Devet talk, talks about oh Aggie, it's so lovely. We haven't seen you for three years or so. I really missed the dinner parties that we had to that we had together. And Aggie's like oh. And Patrick asks Ed, oh do you still like a flutter? Because Ed obviously used to have. Uh, be a bit of a gambler and it turned into a problem and Ed's well, like oh, no, I don't. yeah exactly and they used to obviously go gambling together and yeah. and he's like oh I miss Ed's, going Ed's like yeah I don't, I don't do that anymore Uh-oh. and uh, they, the Baileys just don't know where to look at this point and they, they soon find themselves cajoled into joining this couple for the, the, the fusion well, saying, tasting are you, are you experience are you going for this Tasted. Well, we're we're going. Let's, Let's go together. together. And Why you've not? forgotten to mention that Ronnie and Debbie were there as well. Well, yeah, Rob, Ronnie's got nothing else to do at the moment, has he? Why not? Um, so they they come out of the tasting later, as you said. We didn't get to see any of it, sadly. And they've had a good time. Ed's clearly not a fan of the small. I can't portions understand there. how anybody would go through a tasting <laughs> menu of like you know more than four five courses and still complain that you haven't had food enough food. <laughs> Uh, Ed wishes that, that that was the portion sizes at home, doesn't he? He's like, if I'm going out and actually having proper food, I want to have a man-sized portion of it, he thinks, surely. Um, so they 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 um, they come out and Yvette says, Aggie, you've had a lovely time. You've still got the same number. I've been trying to ring your mobile, but not getting through. And Aggie's like, oh yeah, I'll change my phone. So she's clearly <laughs> she's like, just no, trying to, to cut all ties with her previous life. And they're trying to avoid talking about where they live now. And um, finally, they, 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 they're asked that, right, where, where are you now? And they say, oh, yeah, we live in Weatherfield. And then the couple make a joke about, oh, we go to, we go to a charity or there the other week and we've got another one coming up. And she says, oh, just like stepping into a Lowry painting. Everyone had Rickardson TV. Uh, that is a hilarious description. I just absolutely 100% love this character. She, she is so, so funny. Um, Wednesday comes along and um, Ed and Aggie have been bombarded by texts from Yvette which they're trying to avoid and Dee Dee's like saying to them, don't, don't be ashamed of where you live it's not so bad here anyway is it uh, and Ed says look I, I just I'm not going to have the elderly Edge posse looking down their noses at your mum and I think that was quite a, 
a gentlemanly attitude. It's it, he just doesn't want her uh, Aggie to get hurt by their snobbery. But um, they, there's they don't know what to do about it. So they're chatting about it in the in the cafe later, I think, aren't they? Aggie's talking to Tim and Sally about it, and Tim says, "Well, why don't you borrow our house?" I just want to say one thing that's been um, confusing me a little bit about this. Go. Now I don't agree with this clearly because I'm not a snob, and also both these people earn more money than I do, so why would I even think this? But I can't help but think that Patrick and Yvette and all the snobs of Old and the Edge would have been looking down their noses at Ed and Aggie the whole time because Aggie is a nurse and Ed is a builder. Yeah, but if he, like, you know, he owned his own it's business He's owned his own business, everything. but I just cannot help but think that they would not have been as welcoming. Mm, these yeah, these are people that. that are, like, you know, company directors and, you know, consultants and computer like it entrepreneurs mm. and head head teachers and yeah like you know hr or whatever i just can't believe that they would have not already been a snob to these two people and just to, like i said just to be clear they're both out of my league as far as <laughs> income is concerned and i think you know i wouldn't ever look down on people like that but i just think that we've clearly seen if be painted as the most outrageous snob Coronation Street may have ever seen, apart from maybe... She's um, no Lillian Spencer. Lillian Spencer. But, you know, I think Yvette would have laughed at Lillian Spencer having her airs and graces because she was a pub landlady. Yeah, no, that's true. I just wish we hadn't done our um, Patreon yeah. top five poshos the other month. I know. It's too late to add Yvette into it, although, I don't know, maybe she needs... We need to look back on her in a few years' time to see whether she has got a long-lasting impact. But anyway, um, she, she, uh, Tim says that you, you can have a, you can have our house, and I think you did. You suggest that before Tim did. <laughs> yeah, I, I was think. like, this would be so great. And, and, and it only this... only made me think that because of the original house swap that happened between Sally and um, Sally and Kevin, Kevin swapped with Maxine and, Ash, and, Max, and Ashley, and that's out why they've got that house because they used mm. to live the other side of the street. Yeah, exactly. They lived in Hilton's house, didn't they? So we're like, wouldn't it be funny if they swapped back again? Yeah. Um, where, as this was going on, I'm just thinking, this is great. This story is just a fun little caper between some was... ca- underused <laughs> characters that are actually got a really good relationship together on screen. Out of anybody, almost, I'd say that Aggie and Ed belong together and just yeah. fit absolutely perfectly together. Yeah. So I'm not worried there's going to be any kind of fallings out or, or affairs or anything like that here. It's just a couple, another couple, having a 100% classic Corrie story. And yeah. a, let's swap houses. And you think, oh, like, what could really possibly stupid. go wrong there? Nobody would do this. I, <laughs> but it works so, so well. well like, you don't, yeah, you don't always watch Coronation Street for complete, utter, hold a mirror up to reality. Mm action do you it's it's i mean this is a it's a tale as old as time really isn't it but saying this belongs to me when actually it doesn't borrowing something from someone else but with these characters especially everybody that was involved in this was just perfect fit the thing is they made it clear that this house was not their their house it was they were like saying to yvette and patrick that we're renting somewhere Mm. but i don't understand why they couldn't pretend they were renting their own house because yeah on the exterior Sally's house is nicer than Ed and Aggie's house because there's always a stigma about terraced houses. 
But inside, I think Ed and Aggie's house is much nicer and more middle class than Sally's. Do you reckon? And don't let they've Sally got, hear you saying that. They've got a piano. And I know that, that Sally's got a conservatory, but anyone can get a conservatory, but not everyone can get a piano. <laughs> anyway, so Sally, Sally's turned down this house swap offer. Uh, and we next see Aggie. Well, no. Yeah, Sa- Sally said no. Sa- because, no, Sally... Oh, sorry. Sally looks like Aggie awkward. said no. And Aggie's because, like, oh, yeah, sorry, this doesn't right. look like she that's wants right. to go for it, so I'll say no. Yeah, so Aggie sees uh, Yvette coming out of the charity shop later, and she's like, I was surprised to she's see like, you. Oh, here. I'm just dropping off some fabulous things. Yeah, because it seems that she is involved in charities and the ch- upcoming charity and au- auction and She's everything. literally patronising charities. Again. Um, and and she says, um, Aggie says, sorry, I've, I've not been responding to your messages. I've just been so busy. Look, tell you what, it's a nice little pub that I know let's take you there. So that's a bit of a brave move, isn't it? But maybe it's her testing the waters to see what um, Yvette makes of why her Why wouldn't you take street. it to the bistro? Yeah, I know. Um, so Because it's not funny, that's why. I di- we didn't we didn't actually get to see any of Aggie and Yvette in the Rovers, yes, did we? Yes, you did. Did we? Yeah. I, well, no, but, but the next time... Yes, we oh, did. Oh, yes, we did, because Ed's there. Ben's, yeah, Aggie's like, in the loo at Because literally, she, she says, oh, it's all a bit grim up north in here, isn't it? It's like, really oh, my is. God. This you was just... so, so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, But she's with um, she's with just Ed at the moment, um, Yvette, and Sally's in the next booth along, listening mm-hmm. into this. And Sally's... Just Sally's just going, oh, what a snob she is. Yeah, and, like, and she's wearing... Totally a, um, popcorn the kettle black. She's wearing, like, one of these padded, like, gilets. And um, Yvette's going, oh, I've counted at least five anoraks in here. And Tim's yeah. like, oh, you're wearing one of those. And she's like, it's a gilet, it's not an anorak. It's so and then, good. And then... Um, she says, Yvette says, oh, I'm off to the loo. Wish me luck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just brilliant. Um, so yeah, but when she so, is in the yeah. book, this is when Sally says, look, you, you can Ed. have my home to Ed. Look, just tell, tell Yvette it's a rental while they move out of your own house to get an extension. And uh, the, the plan is set in motion. <laughs> and I was really, really glad that the pace <sighs> of this storyline means that we don't have to have we didn't have to wait until next week for it to happen this is going I, at just the right speed the one thing i really would have liked to have built into this but they obviously they don't have time for all this extra stuff would have been a scene with sally trying to help aggie cook she was she was offering no, a no, few no. tips yeah but i would have liked to have seen like you know the whole a very extended scene and you know sally going oh are you sure you want to do it like that look i've got some really great books and like bring out you know the hamlin 100 greatest mm. uh compendium for 80s entertaining yeah. book with like you know the ham covered in pineapple and glass <laughs> cherries yeah but we, we still got some good stuff yeah it was so... it was great my only complaint was i wanted more of it just like Ed with his fusion Japanese yes. French I, I, tasting menu. I, I it feels already that like Monday could be the peak of this story. It could be the, the climax end, yeah. and what's going to happen at this charity auction. But oh, I really well, you really know what's not. Well, it's all gonna like if if Ed's gonna say something outrageous and um, Aki's gonna go. That's my neighbours you're talking about. That's right. I do live in Weatherfields and, and I'm, I'm proud. proud. Yeah, <laughs> and it, then Yvette will be like. Oh, come on, Patrick. We're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Before we catch so, something. 
Friday's episode, we, we hear that Aggie's already busy at number four, cooking away. She's Ed's like, Ed talks to Dee Dee and he's like, I've told your mother she, she can't cook and now she's determined to make the most spectacular meal possible. And what is it she was making there? French brisket. onion brisket with a raspberry coulis, which is a very baffling combination. <laughs> but I want to say, I have actually made a French onion brisket not that long ago and it was nice. Oh, yeah, and then I, we used the leftovers to make shepherd's pie. Delicious. Very, very good. Mm. Um, so there's a tip for Aggie there. Aggie tells <laughs> Sally, look, I'm just going to start moving the photos out when this makes sense. I've got to take all we, your personal effects out. We've stepped inside the Metcalf's house, haven't we? And there are just many, many crap. photos of Sally and Tim there. Sometimes the be same like... photo of Sally and Tim repeated all over the well, place. if that would be like... <laughs> Who's this white guy in a horse you've got a picture of? <laughs> um, so um, she, she's, and then she says, I'm going to take you out for a nice meal when this is all over. And then David comes in and this is like nothing, wasn't it? Apart I don't from get the what laugh. happened. But he just comes over with this box and it's like, hey, we just had this package delivered for your house, Tim. Hey, it's vibrating. What's this? And it's, what was it? I think it's supposed to be some kind of sex toy. Oh, you shouldn't put the batteries in. But no, not in the packet. Yeah. Yeah, they, no purpose of that really apart from for the laughs um so aggie that we do get to see a little bit of cooking and and there's a bit of in oven cam isn't there oh we loved it as she removes the brisket the the dry brisket from the oven and 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 yeah sally's Sally's trying to be tactful and give her a few tips and things but aggie's like like, no i'm fine (laughs) aggie says i want the outside to be crispy which is never a word that you put with the with brisket (laughs) crispy brisket no sounds good no um so ed comes uh, around later but he's not wearing the shirt that aggie picked out oh i love this this was the perfect husband wife conversation because she's like why are you wearing that oh i just found it he's like you would have had to have moved the one I put out for you to get that one. <laughs> oh. It's like just, yeah. This is why I totally Men. buy them as a couple. Men. They delivered that so well. Yeah, I love that. They're then, really perfect. Then perfect. to add to the hilarity, Tim comes down in Aggie's pink polka dot dressing gown. Oh, sorry, Sally's. Yeah, but uh, Sally's dressing gown. Aggie's like, I've got to move my clothes in. <laughs> um, and, and he says, oh, chill, spill the cheese toasty or something over my other one. Um, so then Aggie's just getting mega, mega stressed out about the whole situation. Sally turns up. And, yeah, turns Sally's, up. yeah, they, and Aggie's like, go, please go. I need, you need to leave me alone. And Tim nips upstairs to get changed. Well, he but tries then, to. Yeah, because, yeah, they're, they're interrupted by Yvette and Patrick. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I've just arrived a few minutes early. And Aggie then has to introduce their neighbours, Tim and Sally, from across the street. Um, and Elaine's like, what? This is just, <laughs> Shut so, up, the, again, the perfect situation with so Tim funny. and Sally being introduced as the neighbours and Yvette saying, oh, Sally, you need to stay. Um, and Sally starts then going on about how wonderful the house is because she is, craves people telling her what a lovely house she, she lives in. She was like, oh, you know what? Aggie and uh, Ed really fallen on their feet with this place. It's got, you know, it's got a conservatory and everything. <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny. Oh, no, and, uh, yeah. And, and Yvette's going, <laughs> well, like, you know, it's not, the, it's not it's that great. A, it's a bit of a hobble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so and Sally's got her nose put right out of joint there. Oh, and then, and then um, she's like saying this is probably only like the size of one room in your new place eh Aggie and then Aggie tries to big Sally up doesn't she to say thanks going oh you know 
Sally practically runs the factory up the road single-handed, and that's when Yvette's like, what, there's an actual factory on the same street oh, yeah. where you Dark live? Dark satanic mills. Oh, my God. She's so funny. She's such a bitch. She really is a bitch. She's, She's the best so of great. bitches. I know. Um, and, best in and, show. Yes. Um, and then it's home time, and Yvette's like, don't forget we got our charity auction at the Bistro on Monday. I'm Be so there, sad we didn't get any... Scenes of everybody having to shovel mounds of dried up crispy brisket, <laughs> yeah, into their mouths. Yeah, what 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 would Ozette's reaction to that have been? Anyway, so yeah, they they, them, get... they would there should have been a scene where her going. Oh, I wanted a whole oh, episode that this was just this. Story, very honestly, this is, this is very agricultural tasting, but I suppose <laughs> that the shops around here don't really carry any organic meat <laughs> so they they're off later sally's in a bit of a strop about the thing that yvette's, <laughs> yvette's been saying about her house but she does um leave with a spring in her step because it's down to Ag- Ag- aggie and ed to do the washing up well, so sally's off to the rovers well um aggie gave sally a bit of a glare when sally was like right well i'll see you later when you tidied up but i was thinking hang on this is how you've borrowed her house you, you should be cleaning up. Yeah, she should be. I know you gave her some food as well, but you still got to tidy her house up and put her pictures back. Mm. Even the one of Tiny and Tim. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this story. Th- this was the really story where... I want more. When, you know it's a good story when, when they cut to that scene. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's another scene from this story. The only way... And that doesn't happen loads. No. Even even on the generally good storylines, I'm like, okay, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a daisy scene. Okay, great. But this is like, yes, it's another scene of this deliciousness. Do you know what the only way to have improved this would have been? What? The lady from the donkey sanctuary. Yeah. And it turns out Arabella, uh, not Arabella, sorry, Yvette. that's the actress... Yvette actually is the one who runs the rival donkey sanctuary. Yeah, she's the Weatherfield like, North one. Or... She's the one that's heavily involved in fundraising for Weatherfield North donkey sanctuary. Oh That my would gosh. be brilliant. I, you, you, I bet you that is actually the backstory. I, I really ever... hope that they've given it to a good writer on Monday because I, I mean, I know I, I don't know for, I don't know many of the writers' names even after all these years, but I did recognise that the second half yeah. of today's episode was a Jan McVerry one. Yeah, brilliant. It was just superb. So <sighs> so good. It was just so funny. They just a really a really a good a really good guest character can just lift the week so much. Yes. I love it. Yeah. This is how you do filler. Honestly, Corey, more, more of, of it. it. It's and this is proper classic comedy. It's not it's people just... being stupid. It's not people being thick. It's not Mary okay. going off and going. They turn oh, it look into at... ranting about things they've done wrong. I'm uh, sorry, but this this is what it should. This be. was just great. I adored didn't it. need to overthink it. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't anything you'd you you could have like fed this prompt into Chat GPT and come out with everything that you know, mm. this scenario. Yeah. But because of the acting, because the lines were funny, it was just so such a joy to watch. It, it really it feels was. like it could have come straight out of the 1960s, honestly. It really, really could. Oh, um, so good. And nice to see the Baileys as well. Yeah, and nice so to see the Baileys nice. interacting really heavily with another family. Yep. And you know what? It wasn't a story about the Baileys and their and all their issues that they've had. It wasn't about them being bad. Well, it, it wasn't has... about their son being gay. Ooh. It wasn't about anything like that. It was just a, well, a family against was... family comedy story. It was about them 
It was about affluence. It was about them ha- not having a big house anymore. Yeah. Well, but I tell you something. If what? you want a big house again, Aggie and Ed, you've got to stop going off to your fusion nights and spending all your money on avocado toast. Mm. Otherwise, you're never going to have a kitchen island. Oh, my. Like, th- like, like Sally has. My theory that I shared with you on, I can't, it must have been Wednesday's episode, was that perhaps they have also fallen upon hard times, Yvette and um, Patrick, and it may well be revealed that they live in a place that's maybe even worse than Aggie and maybe uh, they live do. On... And that's why they want to go around their house for tea, because they can't afford anything themselves other than brisket. turkey twizzlers and smiley potatoes. They should, they should be so lucky. Do you think that that's a... Maybe they live on Maudsley Street. Maybe they do. It's like, you know... That would be you quite can't, funny. You can't have a snob on Coronation Street without them being taken Ripped down pieces. many, many pegs. Yep. And I think that having them, it turns out that they actually live around the corner from the dog and gun or something <laughs> would be the perfect conclusion well, to this. But I want them to come back. I want them to You stay. said that when brilliant. you saw Yvette coming out of the charity shop and you were like, yeah. what if she's actually in there to buy something? I mean, we do know from there is a charity auction going on that she is involved in charities as a donor, I assume. I mean, maybe it's... Maybe it's more than that. But yeah, that's what that's what twist. put the idea in my head. Funny twist. Well, we don't know, but I'm happy no matter what because I enjoyed that very much. Oh, yeah. I really, really did. Well done, Corey. Right. On to more serious, harrowing storylines, Gemma. Although very much an exciting one on Monday with the court case um, climax. Oh, yes. The Justin case. Over yes, to on you. on Monday. We were still waiting for the verdict, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone is. They're and all... we just seen Daisy giving Ryan a good old snog in the ginnel. Yes. The day, the the day before Friday. I've been kind of forgetting about that. I know, this me week. too. This whole story, I, I didn't mind the trial stuff. I thought it was quite quite on the edge of my seat yeah. sort of stuff, and the verdict actually kind of surprised me. But it was like almost as soon as that trial finished, my interest for this story plummeted off a cliff, and. I, 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 there's just the momentum for it's gone. I'm not, I'm not interested in the remnants of this now, apart from maybe what's going to happen with Karen then, but they don't seem to be going down that route very much. But anyway, remind us about the, the best bit of the week of this story on Monday. Right, so, um, Daisy and Ryan are looking guilty. They get into separate cars. They're not talking to each other. They're in a huff. Going to court. And then we have, um... Justin, he's in the dock and he's just being so creepy. Oh, he reminds me of that android out of Alien. I don't know. Any of them, they're all creepy. That's a pop culture reference, of course I don't understand it. Oh, you love me. <laughs> um, so, he, yeah, he's just there like serenely smiling like the latest cult member. Yeah. Um, Daisy's lawyer is... Um, he's... <laughs> You've written, he's done his swimming up to the jury. Like they're all at the bar <laughs> and he's just up. like swimming up to him going, hey, can I get a Mai Tai? Um, he's giving his swimming up to the jury and he's saying it was stalking, the police didn't act, culminated in an acid attack. It's obvious. Daisy and Ryan presented you with evidence. Deliberate. There's really only one verdict you can come to. He is guilty. Then the defence lawyer comes up and she's like, Daisy's a manipulative liar. She can't be trusted. Look at her Instagram. She's The stalking protection order wasn't granted because there wasn't any evidence. So why would you believe her? She does the whole thing which the defence have got to do in that just kind of fingers crossed that people will get the beyond reasonable doubt part. Like That's always Honestly, the get out clause, isn't it? it seems unless to be you for saw it lawyers. happen yourself, yeah. I cannot see how... 
Anyway, anyway, we've talked about that. that yeah, she says, advice. unless you can be sure beyond reasonable doubt that Mr. Rutherford threw the acid, you simply have to return a verdict of not guilty. Yes, that's exactly correct. I know, I wrote it down. <laughs> um, and also, I think Nancy pointed this out to us too, we were a bit confused about what the theory that the defence was was um, proffering, and it was that, that it was Daisy and Ryan together plotted the attack. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't understand... Mm. why would they anyway yeah. so it was Daisy's them together. not feeling hopeful about this it seems and, and Daisy's like oh dear I think mm. this might work mm. and and Justin's like ha 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 so Daisy and Daniel go to the cafe while the jury are having a little bit of a, a chat bit of a conflab and Daniel's having to reassure Daisy who is um, a bit worried and they sit down and he's like do you know there was a weird look between you and Ryan this morning is there something that I should know about about yeah, you something, two. something happened between you two. And Daisy says on Friday night, Ryan just kept talking about Crystal and how she's the only thing that's keeping him going and she can't take lying to him about this anymore. And Daniel's like, just end it for good. Just just stop, just stop the whole thing because it's not good for you and it's not good for him. And she says, I can't bring myself to do it. So they return to the court and um, Daisy's left alone with Ryan and she's like about to say something. But then the jury's like, Oh, uh, a man comes. He's like, the jury's c- come to a decision. The jury's come to a decision. So everybody piles back in to the court. Justin's looking smug. The foreman's asked to stand. And me and you are thinking, it's going to be found not guilty. It's going to be found not guilty. Yeah. It's because... I just, you know, just my theory like... about Justin climbing up the scaffolding, I was sure. And I was sure about it for Britain's Got Talent weekend. And I was sure about it for this week. And now I'm thinking, oh, maybe that's not going to happen. I was at just all. But like, it's a really good theory. How can this story go anywhere if Justin's found guilty and goes inside? I suppose that's maybe what Karen's for because she's still she's still on the outside, isn't she? And she's still um, well. Yeah, she she's she's out for revenge. Well, yeah. So just Justin's looking smug and the foreman's asked to stand and they say the verdict and that is guilty (laughs) and we're like what because i did actually do a poll i don't think i can find it anymore um just before the verdict was read to ask people what they thought and it was kind of evenly split wasn't it yeah on our twitter as to whether people thought he was going to be found guilty or not and uh justin's like looks like a a rabbit in the headlights he's led away and he calls up daisy i still love you we'll be together and um daniel is not happy because immediately her reaction daisy's reaction is to turn around to ryan and see how he is ask him how he is whereas daniel was turning to her and this reminds me of that um I've heard this body language tip. In a group of people, when somebody makes a joke, or if you make a joke, the person you look to first Mm-mm. is the person that you care the most about. Okay. So when you're laughing and everyone's laughing, whoever the person makes eye contact with first is the person that they... It's interesting. Mm. It's something that to bear in mind too, if you're in a group of people and, you know, and and you're making a joke, like who, who do you lock eyes oh, with I'd, I'd have to look out for that next time I, I I tell you what I've I've since I found since I heard that in a group of people it's so telling it really is telling <laughs> and so Daniel's kind of picking I mean it's not as common to it's not as good of a tip to say in a in a in a court case the person you look at when the guy who's stalking you gets found guilty first is the one you like the most <laughs> does it's not as handy of a tip no 
No. So anyway, he looks, she looks, he looks, and uh, he's a bit, Daniel's a bit annoyed. So everybody um, bundles out of the courtroom. They bump into Karen and she's upset and she darts out and probably never to be seen again. Um, Daniel shakes Ryan's hand, thanks him for everything, and they all head their separate ways, but they all, they all kind of end up at the Rovers, don't they? Um, Daniel, Daisy and Carla are there at the Rovers, and Carla's like, D Daniel's all on edge, and he's always snapping at me, and I'm just thinking it's probably because of Crystal, because she hasn't texted him for ages. Do, what do you know about her? Is she like the sort of person who's going to mess him around? And Daniel says, no, he would never do that. And Carla says, you know, I think I'll ring her up, actually. And Daisy's like, no, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> Ryan wouldn't like it. <laughs> but I was thinking, Daisy should have said, like, you're basically his mum. How do you think a woman would... How would you cope if, like... Yeah, Carla should just keep her neb out, really. You honestly can't... That's this, super embarrassing. This wouldn't, wouldn't work in Ryan's favour. Hello, I'm Ryan's aunt, kind of. <laughs> anyway, Daisy goes to visit Ryan in his flat and he is not in the mood. He doesn't want to talk to her. He doesn't want to watch a film. He doesn't want to go for a walk. And she says that I just want to mate, hang out with a mate. And he says, well, mates don't kiss each other. It's best if you just keep away from me. And she says, look, we'd be friends. And he says, I, I don't think we can be. I don't think we should see each other anymore. So back at home... Daniel brings Crystal up again and, and clearly Ryan's falling for her and Daniel, Daisy says, I'm going to let, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to let him down gently and when he's strong enough, he's not strong enough now, I can't, I can't do it to him. So later, <laughs> this is great, this is what you predicted. What? Later on, Ryan is talking to Carla, like, I don't even remember predicting this. No, I don't this, remember you apparently. saying this. But, but yeah, somebody said that I did. So. Right, so Ryan says... Um, to Carla, why has Crystal not been texting me? I, I, I'm going to see what she's up to. So he looks on her Instagram. <laughs> she's in a coma. Apparently her PR she's lady... In a coincidence soap coma. Apparently her PR lady is like, this woman, my my client, Crystal, is important enough that I have to tell everybody she's busy, otherwise they'll wonder, <laughs> and I have to let them know that she's in a coma. So he's trying to find out what's what what on earth has happened. Why is she in a coma? Is she going to be all right? Then he gets a text and it's from Crystal. And she's like, sorry, I've not been in touch. There's loads going on. And she, his, mind, his mind's blown. He and Carla are baffled. And Carla says, are, are you sure that you've been actually messaging Crystal this whole time? And Ryan's like, nope, I've been catfished. Oh, yeah, that was the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, wasn't it? I've been catfished. And I saw... So that was an odd way, no, an no, odd no. thing, a conclusion to come no, to no, straight no. away. I'm going to say, I've not been a young man. I have. But you haven't been a young man in the area of social media. No, that is true. But I'm going to say that I think this might be a common concern of young men on the internet, that they're talking to a hot girl... Yeah. And if, if there's any suspicion that she might not be who she says she is, immediately you're going to be like, I'm being catfished. I don't think this is a leap. I think this is totally logical. I don't think your first your first concern is, oh, one of my one of my friends who's also gone through a similarly traumatic event must be pretending to be Crystal to make me feel better. I you're going to think that you're being catfished. It's just much more logical. I just think that the jumping to that conclusion and using the phrase catfished, no, it I did think seem fine. a little bit PSA. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that in that demographic. But I'm just saying, in pop culture, there are so many references to catfishing, and I think also, I'm not saying that Ryan's got a misogynistic bent to him, but 
I do think that men are concerned that women are trying to trick them all the time on, on the internet. They think, oh, women are always out to get something. You know, all these hot women, they're never who they say they are because, well, you know, true, women are evil. And um, I just think, anyway. Right, so on Wednesday, Ryan's like, <laughs> this is, I feel like an idiot. Why would, who is this person and why is she pretending to be Crystal? And Carla says, it could happen to anybody. We need to find out who it is and then we need to report them to, poli- the, to the police. And then we see Crystal's phone held by Daisy and it gets a message from Ryan saying, who are you? Yeah, Daisy's just like panicking Uh-oh. quietly in the pub behind the bar on Wednesday, Weeps. isn't she? Carla comes into the pub and tells Daisy about Ryan's discovery and she's like, whoa. She does a really poor what? job of pretending to be surprised well, hang by on. this. Can we say that um, it isn't Charlotte Jordan yes. does a really good job of Daisy not reacting in an incredibly yes, yeah, um, exactly. realistic way. Although Carla, Carla doesn't what? notice. Why? She, Who she's would got do you know, that? too many other things on her mind, like selling a factory. Carla's saying, I've got to get to the bottom of this. And she's like, oh no. <laughs> Daisy goes to see Ryan and he's just feeling, oh, as you would do, incredibly self-pitying about this. Why would I even think that anyone would be interested in me? Why would anyone do this to me? And Daisy's like, well, it must have been Justin and Karen trying to get... Sneaky get, Daisy. I know, this is this was low. This was a bit of a low point for Daisy if it, she hadn't already had several of those. Not, not as low as gaslighting your own child. <laughs> I mean, th- this this week wasn't a good look for Corrie, uh, Corrie Woman, was it? You were a manipulative Well, hang bunch. on. Da- Daisy and Sarah have both been flying the flag for saucy minxes. <laughs> just going around behind everyone else's backs. Anyway, so, um, yeah, she says it was probably Justin and Karen trying to get information about him about the trial. And he's like, really? I don't think they go to lengths like that. And I, if I was Daisy, yeah, Daisy's like, they've done worse. Look at your face. What do you mean? <laughs> Just draw a line under it and move on. Later on, Carla's bought into this theory of Daisy's. And she's like, we've got to get Karen in trouble about this. We've got to report her. And Ryan says, I'm too upset with the whole thing. I don't want to deal with it. Um, and he's got the, the chat... Um, the crystal's contact details and his his fingers hovering over the de- the delete button. Did he? I can't remember whether he actually did it. We don't know. We might know. We might not just have seen it. Well, uh, but it doesn't particularly matter either way, does it? I don't think it really matters anyway. So, um, we also get uh, on Friday, which was I love this. Daisy was like, I'm having a bit of a crisis about oh, yes. myself. Am I a good person or a bad person? Well, so can, she finds a quiz. Can I do this quiz on you? Because you do sometimes think that you're a horrible person. I have to keep I know convincing you, person. don't I? You're always saying you're a horrible person. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not. You're lovely. Okay. So um, this so is going to be the definitive this answer is, to this This will now. tell you once and for all. I don't know how many yeses you need on this, Gemma. But, um, but it's an incomplete quiz because we didn't get the bottom of the, of the page. So we don't know. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to answer. Somebody. Okay, right. Um, I definitely know the answer to this, number one. Okay. Do you hold a grudge, yes, yes or no? You, Gemma, you, yes. are really, you really, really hold a yeah. grudge, don't you? Does Forever. that mean have a you're list on your You're on Gemma's list. She writes it and I do write ink. names. I do write names down. Um, okay, number two. <laughs> do you get irrationally jealous? Um, yeah. I don't... I wouldn't say that you do. What would you be jealous of? Um, I, well, irrational... I suppose you get... Well, yeah, you get jealous of people having more stuff. No, I don't. I don't. I better don't... things. 
See, husbands that aren't on. working all the time. <laughs> that kind of stuff. See, we've got friends at the moment who are on a very expensive holiday somewhere I've never even heard of. And I don't want to go there at all. I've got no interest in a beach. A beach holiday sounds to me like it should be banned under the Geneva Convention for, for dullness. But I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah. But Isn't I don't want to go. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say you're an irrationally jealous person. <sighs> all right. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, number three. Can you share with others? Well, I have to. No, I hate it. Yes, you can. You go. See, you're just you're answering them wrong. Okay, yes, I can share. But you're I... good. You are very. You know, you're a good host. You share all your food, and you do these delicious dinner parties and everything. You like to give people things. You are a very generous. I do giver. prefer to give than receive. Yes. Um, <laughs> next one, number four, and and I know you know the answer to this okay, one as what well. Is it? Do you give to charity? Yeah, I do. We do. We I did do. do some charity giving this week. We'll I come do to that, that in yeah. the news section later. Yeah, I also, mm. tell you what I like, we've got this um, accounting app called Emma that yes. we use. And whenever I play the lottery, it comes up as charity. And I'm like, it? yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Do you care for the environment? Now, I'm going to have to say here that sometimes I put things in the bin that should be in the recycling <gasps> and I know I'm doing it and I go, I don't care. I think, I think. And I also, another time I remember, I was walking down the road and there was a man from Greenpeace there and he had his clipboard and I already had the answer on my head that was no. No matter what he said, I was like, no. Mm. And he said, do you care about whales? I went, no. <laughs> and then I kept walking and I felt really bad. Well, you should have come back and said, oh, sorry, are you? I thought you were talking about the country. <laughs> <laughs> I also hate Scotland as well. <laughs> okay, uh, number six. Can you listen to others? Yes. You love a good podcast, don't you? Yes. So you've got the yeses you get. You're not horrible. Am I horrible? No. Well, is there Quest- another question? There's, there's another four. Is there? Do you have respect for others? Yes. Yeah. Do you listen to your friend's no. advice? I don't ask advice. I don't need notes. I don't want notes. Are you sincere? No. And last one, do you care for animals? Yeah. Well, specific ones. I mean... You, you, you I don't eat, care I, for spiders, I eat some do you? of them, which is rude, isn't it? So I don't think you're... I Mixed. think you're only, only a semi-horrible person. Mixed. yeah. I'm no I more horrible than anyone else. you feel better about yourself. <laughs> I'm average. Yeah. Anyway, so we don't know what Daisy's results were. I presume there wasn't a question that was, have you ever made somebody think that you raped them? Have you catfished? Or did you try to break up your stepmum's relationship? Or, mm. yeah, did you did you get somebody's um, face covered in acid? Um, did you cheat on your fiancé? <laughs> I presume those weren't involved because uh, she would have only been able to conclude, she is horrible. Anyway, she feels bad about blaming the crystal thing on Karen. Why on earth would you care about that? There's so many other things you've done. Daniel tells her that it's all over with now. You're not horrible. Forget about it. Great. Um, Presumably on Daniel's uh, survey, it would say, have you ever just dismissed your fiancé's worries with a glib, don't worry about it. Forget (laughs) about it. I don't care. Um, Also, another question for for Daisy. Have you ever... um, Have you ever engaged in a prolonged relationship with somebody purely on the basis of the fact they inherited a big house from their mum. <laughs> you asked the real questions in your survey. I know exactly you? where to, how to get to the heart of the matter. <laughs> so anyway, um, Daisy goes to Ryan's uh, flat to see him and Crystal's out of the coma apparently 
but he's he's like I don't know if I'm gonna go and see her because this is really awkward and um I also don't want to see you. Well, as far I as don't... he knows now, she's totally spoke... forgotten who he even yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. And maybe she has because of the coma, literally. Probably. And he says, look, d- just stay away from me. And she doesn't really want to, but she has no choice particularly, does she? No. I just found that the constant back and forth of Daisy, she seems to be spending more time arriving at Ryan's flat than she is at work at the pub at the moment, isn't she? And certainly more time at Ryan's flat than she is at her own house. I'm just like, it feels like it's on repeat and I'm not I'm not really interested. And it's a shame because I, I loved all the stalking stuff. The acid stuff was great. I didn't even mind parts of the, 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 the catfishing bit, but... It feels like it's just wearing a bit thin now. It feels like it's been going on a little bit long. Um, and I, I don't find myself particularly caring about what's going to happen next. What do you think? Well, I wonder whether she's... I wonder whether this whole thing is going to... Because we haven't had the sentencing. No, that's very true, actually. That's still to come. Are they just going to be like, Justin, you're naughty, but the the court... the um. The prisons are just too full of other naughty criminals. Yeah, I can't remember whether it's promise... a definite custodial. I can't, can't remember what they said. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking honestly. The, 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 I feel like Justin's only way out of this is some, because you convinced me of this. It's your fault. Uh, a dramatic <laughs> scaffolding death, and if he, if I don't get it, I'm gonna worry. He's. If it is, I hope it happens soon because it's the Justin bit of this that's keeping me interested more than what's going to happen between Daisy and Ryan. That kiss last week was very aggravating, but I wasn't really I wasn't really thinking about it this week. I kind of forgot it happened through most of the week. I'm just, yeah, really, really in, in no way fussed by this. But maybe it was just because some of the other storylines were interesting me more. I don't know. With somebody like Justin... The thing is, if he was, if he's going to be put in prison, I don't know how long it would be for. It wouldn't be for ages, surely. I don't know. I mean, drown acid attack. I know. They are, I know they're ten a penny in Manchester at the moment. Three hundred a year, apparently. But um, you can't just give someone a slap on the wrist and say, "Don't do it again." Use beer next time, as per Coronation Street tradition. Um, I mean, really, he. Ne- the thing is about acid attacks is that. Um, a lot of them are, like we said before, they're actually men doing it to other men. Um, not so much. And and when you think, um, if you're thinking of a stereotypical acid attack, you're normally thinking of kind of like what Justin's doing, which is to punish a woman by destroying her, her, her beauty mm. for not giving you the love you feel you deserve. Yeah. But... Without without kind of heaping too much sympathy upon a monster, he obviously is mentally unwell. Yeah, sorry, I'm yawning. Does he away know now. that he, he? Does he know that he did? The, does he know it was wrong? I, I'm well, really even, confused. Even as he was being taken down, he, he was like, "Daisy, Daisy, we will be together." Again. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to live in reality, and it feels like he just needs. He honestly needs mental help. Mm. Um, he's not going to get that in prison. He's not going to get that, I presume, if he doesn't have a custodial sentence. So, you know, as far as soap soap justice is concerned, he's not a main character, so we don't care about him as much as we care about the other characters. Is really the only way out for him death. 
I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, it sounds dramatic, but um, we're not. No such we thing don't, as over dramatic in a soap. But we're not concerned about him, are we? We're, he hasn't been. He's been portrayed as somebody who's got a very loose grasp on reality, but we're not. It's not in a sympathetic way, is it? We've yeah. had Karen come along, but even she hasn't managed to really push the needle anywhere as far as saying he wasn't always like this. I think terrible's happened to him, and mm. I think he just needs. Mm. I mean, she turned you know into a, a double agent, didn't she? And, yeah. Um. Um. It'd be nice to live in a world where Justin would have not even got this far, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it is a fictional television show. We can't all be saints and have everybody have the perfect, you know, moral solution. So just throw him off the scaffolding, I think, <laughs> onto a pole or something. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, before we move on, because I, I honestly, I, I don't think I've got much more to say about this story. Uh, it's great that it's really, really lovely that it won all those soap awards and everything. But it's I'm thinking, oh, it needs to maybe come to a conclusion. But anyway, um, we 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 did we we do need to mention a message we got this week <laughs> from our legal advisor Sally Ann Matthews. Thank you very much, as always, Sal. Um, because um, we we just can't keep some of these legal facts in our heads. We no. were talking last week about whether the barrister was able to um, represent Justin, even though she. Or whether or not she suspected that he was guilty or not. Yes. So she 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 has sent us a message. Uh, which do, do you want to explain? I'm I'm just thick. Um, What's the... it, you if you're a barrister and you think the person's guilty, you can still represent them. But if they say I did it, and then they say in court I didn't do it, mm. then you're you can't represent them. Right. Okay. So basically, you can have whatever opinion you want in your own head. Yeah. All you have to do as Sonia Matthews told us, is make sure the law is followed correctly. Okay. And okay. she told so us because off, because we keep forgetting we keep that forgetting we've been told this, this a million times. It's, it will happen again, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this is why you don't take legal advice from podcasters. No. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you, Sal, for saying us straight again. So we J- do Justin has not it. told um, his, you know, his, rep- his, his... I don't think it even came into it. I don't even know where we were talking about it, to be honest. No, I don't know. It never at any point came into the show about whether or not this. Well, it was because she she was fabricating this completely unbelievable story. Quite frankly, that Ryan um, threw the acid on himself accidentally, and we think, well, surely she must know that Justin is guilty. Otherwise, she wouldn't have to come up with this cock and bull story. Has he told her that he did it? I, I, like I said before, I completely believe in the um, staunch defence of of anybody. As, as you know in legal terms no matter what they've been accused of and how guilty they are just because I think everybody deserves defence and more importantly if you are, if you dick about and you're defending somebody and then this, is, this, is this from the legal, tra- this is legal. textbook this is legal it says here in if how to be a about, lawyer if you're dicking about no but seriously you, you if you don't do your job properly and then it gets found out that you were dicking about I'm just going to say this is not endorsed by Sally Matthews it's just me being well you know but um, you could end up derailing the whole thing and the whole thing has to be done again yeah you have to everybody has to have proper defence According to the well, system, yeah, the, that the we legal have. system is and kind system, of based on that, isn't it? The system, you know, say what you Quite want about important. it, but you have to follow it. You can't, you can't just have people going. Well, I think he did it, so I'm not going to bother turning mm. up to court for goodness' yeah. sake. Yeah, I really get annoyed when people get mad at the 
the evil one in whenever there's a court case and there's always like oh i'm the bad lawyer that that is that's being horrible about yeah, yeah. about a character that you all like and everyone on twitter's like oh i hate her I'm, i hate her i'm wondering um just before we move on about whether daisy is going to confess or whether she's going to be found out about about being about being crystal yeah what's what's going to happen because there aren't many people that know that it was her well she's but there's there's no reason for her to confess is there well this is the this is the thing isn't it because is she is she still romantically interested in ryan or is she just Mm. still feel bad i i don't know what she's thinking no well i didn't know what she was thinking when she snogged his face off last week we really need her to have a confidant don't we Mm. is she gonna tell jenny what's happening i'd quite like that because then we can get a read on what she actually thinks. Because mm. at the moment, I mean, you know, like we said, Charlotte Jordan, she won, spoiler alert, she won awards for her performance, you know, in this storyline, rightfully so. But she's having to do a lot of heavy lifting with just her facial expressions and, you know, the lines and things. But we still don't really know, really know what she's thinking and who she wants. Does she want Daniel? Does oh she my want... gosh, sorry, I muted that earlier then. Does she want <laughs> to stay with Daniel? Does she want a relationship with Ryan? Does she just feel guilt? Like, we don't know. I need her to talk to Jenny, please, so we can find out. Yeah. And um, also, we love a good Jenny and um, Daisy scene. And exactly. I am I'm so thrilled about how well they did it at the awards. They deserve, yeah, yeah, they well, deserve we'll it. We'll talk about that in the can't we, later. So, Justin is going in, but this week, Max out of prison. So, um, we... And this is where we just get to see plenty of Alia being evicted, <laughs> oh, doesn't she? So, so look, they're in the back I, garden you know in Monday's episode. Honestly, at the moment, I feel like whenever Alia's in it, I'm like, this is just bait for us to be horrible about her on the podcast. Stop putting her in the show. I know. They're, to just, trying us... to, they're just trying to yeah, get it's, us to it's, say something horrible. It's to, to out us as the evil cretins that we are, I mean, lovely, isn't it? Lovely, really. Um, so yeah, they're in the they're in the garden putting up the washing or something, aren't they? And then she overhears the plats over the fence. Yeah, I mean in Alia. Yeah, talking about um, Max might be coming home again soon, and Ali's like, "Oh no, how can he? Well, he's, he's barely been in. He nearly blew me up. He's like, we didn't really, did he? No. Um, so she's like, well, and uh, anyway, so it's, well, well, I'd well. kind of forgotten just how close. I mean, it's obvious, really, but yeah, having I. I Surely, I, in real life, you would not be allowed to move back next door to the exactly, person that you were exactly. convicted of. You know, Alia. Again, are we going to get messages from Sal telling us we don't know what we're talking about? But um, surely she would. She should get a restraining order or something. Or well, the, the, he has. He's, he's not allowed. He's got his beeper. On his um, and he's not allowed to go within what was it, fifty meters of the speed. He's not speed allowed to go within fifty meters of speed dial. But it was Alia that got blown up, not speed dial. Yeah, I, I, you know, we make fun of her, but I think if this She's was somebody I knew in real life, yes, of course. How 100%, awful 100%. to have somebody who stabbed you yes. coming back to move next door. She didn't, of he course, didn't stab that's, her. Hmm? He didn't stab oh, her. Oh, no, sorry, he didn't stab her, did he? He just wrote a very compelling video as to why she should be yes, stabbed. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I forget I forget what happened, but you're right. Um, yeah, I mean, real-life Alia, 100% sympathy, I'd make her a cake. Mm. Show Alia. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I think she's turned into just Lady Tim. 
everything she does I hate. <laughs> so, um, but it's out of love. But it's out of love. Yes. In prison, Gav is kind of hope getting Mike, Mike, Max hyped up about leaving, but he's he's not feeling it, is he? He we kind of get the impression as Monday's episode goes on that he's actually a bit nervous. bit nervous about going out. He feels like maybe he hasn't served the great all his... weight of of the the enormity of what he's done is pressing down on him. Yeah, he feels terrible about it. And he's just... You keep burping. Sorry. Basil and, and garlic aioli It was a me. very nice sandwich, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just distracted by this TV remote that doesn't seem to work properly, but there's obviously something going on there. And when Max is uh, meets David later in the waiting room, David's trying to crack jokes. Well, he's remember. supposed to be leaving that day and David's going yeah. to pick him up. No, I thought that this was... That they were about to go into a meeting to see whether he can be picked up early. Um, and, and and David makes some joke about um, finishing his sentence, or I can't remember what it was. Finish but, each other's sentences. Yeah, and um, he's like, and Max Max isn't <laughs> playing funny. ball with us. He's not enjoying it. And then prison the prison guard as well is like, nope, nope. So um, Max <laughs> is back in his cell later, and he's absolutely fuming. Um, but he has been told he's allowed to to go out. He's allowed to go home. Gav comes in. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, congrats, mate. Hooray. Don't don't forget to go and see Beck for me. Why are you in the mood, though? And Max is like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, but he is definitely looking quite worried when Gav leaves him to himself again. Um, and then, so David's waiting at the at the front of the prison. And where's where's Max? I've got to get home. I've got a bit of tea on. But um, somebody comes in and says there's been a situation. And that is that Max refuses to leave. He's like, there's no point. I'm staying here. Can't this go back to the street. probably doesn't happen very much. I know, it makes you wonder. I mean, the th- I guess with some prisoners, they got so acclimatised to it in prison. And We've all seen the, the Shawshank the, Redemption. The outside is petrifying, but it's not quite that He's for not Max. been in it's... long enough to be institutionalised. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying he is, <laughs> but I'm saying that maybe there might be times yes, when course. that happened. Yes. I think Max is feeling, I've not served my time yet. I've not atoned for what I've done maybe but really I think it's just well, being nervous yeah he's mega ashamed of himself but also very very nervous about being shunned by the community when he gets out say one thing about this and that I don't feel like I've seen Max have an epiphany he seems to have come to a gradual realization over time but we've not seen that happen what the what Griff was saying was actually not true at all, mm. and I would have liked to have actually seen that happen. I mean, I know that Alia confronted him and stuff, but yeah, I don't feel like that felt that felt more like a triumphant moment for Alia, putting Max in his place rather than a character development moment for Max. Yeah, I know what, what you mean. mean. I know. Um, he seems to have completely realised that he was wrong, but I, there was definitely a point when he was in prison where he was thinking, oh, I, I still don't think I did anything I, I wrong. I still stand by some of the things that I said. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is quite a sweet scene, really, between him and David. It ends with David putting his arm around him and Max is there with his head in his hands. And um, I, 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 I've got mega sympathy for him, but I know a lot of people don't. Um, and speaking one of the people who doesn't have oh, sympathy for him good. is Gail yeah, who Gail's is um, a week, again she? she is having a week on Monday She it's Max comes in and she's like you're going to have to work really hard to get people around here to forgive you she still is utterly, disapp- utterly disgusted utterly disgusted think about, by her grandson's behaviour think about Gail she's lived in this neighbourhood for decades yeah and this stupid snotty little kid of her grandkid of hers has just completely ruined you know 
the rep- the family rep- not that she cares about the reputation of the family, but how's she gonna look people in the eye knowing that her her grandson is a massive racist? I to be fair to Max, I think violence. the reputation of the Platts well, has probably ruined yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah, but they weren't racists. No, they were many things, but not that. Um, so yeah, so she she's like in a mood with him. Um, even Lily is as well because I think it was earlier on that episode and I missed. Uh, I don't know whether I wrote it down or whether we didn't say it or what, but Lily overhears yeah, the, the finds, adults talking she about the fact why he was there. Yeah, yeah, that that Max was racist, so she won't speak to him. And Gail's like, "Well, you're going to have to get used to that kind of reaction from people around here, I'm afraid." So Max, fair play to him, goes and speaks to Lily outside rather than saying, "Well, screw you." Then he goes and tries to be a nice little older brother to him, to to her. And he's like, "I'm really sorry for what I did." And Lily says, "Dad says you were groomed. Is is that right? Is it is it not your fault?" I thought that using the word "groomed" was a little bit old for somebody her age, but maybe if I think you need to if, teach kids what that is maybe as soon as David, they understand. Has has the had the talk with her. Maybe he taught. Her I don't that think word it's necessarily going to help because I think that children are vulnerable. Mm. But um, and he says that he he says it's my fault. But I now it's my job to prove that I've changed. Um, and and she says, "Have you changed?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she says, "Good, because you're an idiot, a racist idiot." Yeah, yeah, you go, Lily. Um, th- this is the scene when we get to see her lead football. Oh, she was footballing. Wasn't yes. Yeah, she was definitely footballing there. Um, <laughs> and Max is walking down the street, and it basically seems like everyone that he meets is someone like, who's boo. got beef to him, and including in this point, Yasmin. Um, and and then she get, Yasmin has a massive heckling sesh at him. David has to defend oh, him. Of course. Yeah. And then Alia is agreeing, and yeah, this is where Yasmin does. They put a bomb in a man, and she tells David, "Look, you make sure that Max stays away from me and my family." And David is left, you pointed out, looking somewhat weasel faced <laughs> at the end of this confrontation. So Wednesday, we see Max has got an ankle tag. Yeah, Brilliant. and um, David says, "Well, you know, why don't we? It's pretty rough, but but let's go out for a meal later. Try and make you feel a bit better." And he's like, oh, "No, I don't really fancy it. He just needs to get his head around things as they are at the moment." But he's got a mission, and the Max on a mission on Wednesday. He wants to say sorry to Ilya at all costs, and not allowed to go within fifty feet. Of I, the speed dial. Do you? I, I forgetting the legalities, and you're not allowed to go near her or anything. Yeah. Do you think that this was the right thing to do to give the letter or should he really have left Here's sleeping dogs lie here? Here's an idea though, right? If you live next door to somebody that you uh, incited somebody else to blow up and stab mm. and you, you've been told you're not allowed to get within 50 feet of speed dial, mm. post the letter through their letterbox. Good point. Don't take it round to where you're not allowed to go. Check it over the fence. Yeah, I mean, it was... I would like to have um, read what the letter said. Mm. We didn't get to hear I, it, did we? Um, I can't remember. I thought maybe we did. I don't know. We'll, There's nothing we'll you can really say, is it? It's like, sorry it was about just the, a sorry letter. Sorry about the bomb. And, and, and he is quite young and in many ways naive. I mean, the, the grooming showed that. And Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and I think as somebody who feels that they've done wrong, an apology letter feels like the right thing to do. Honestly, if at I school, like, when you do yeah. things wrong, I don't know what it's like at secondary school, but if somebody gets, the, you know, is really horrible to someone else, you say, right, you're going to write a letter of an apology. So if, maybe he thinks, well, that's the natural thing to do. Of course, that's what my I teacher would say. Feel like I've upset somebody. I really will never feel okay about it, and until I feel like I've made it up to them or 
uh, they accept my apology. Yeah, you you and hate it's, the thoughts that people... I hate the idea of upsetting somebody. I don't yeah. like blowing people up. I've had to do it before. <laughs> I don't like it when it happens. Um, and so when I write a letter, I get upset if they don't accept the apology <laughs> immediately. So I'm completely on Max's side. Well, he he's brings this letter around to... Um, well, he's got it around by Victoria Gardens, hasn't he? But he gives it to a delivery driver to pass on to Yasmin. Uh, sorry, Alia. To, to Alia, sorry, yeah. Um, and then when she She's reads the letter later, it. she is not the best pleased. Does not accept Stomps it. out and has a massive rant at Max. And I'm not going to say that she overreacted because... Yeah, as I say, he was responsible for getting her stabbed. He was partly responsible for her nearly getting blown up. Um, so well, I mean, again, this is mind-boggling to me. And, uh, you know, um, again, I, I it's kind of just a joke about how much we uh, mean about Alia. But she literally has suffered physically and emotionally because this boy decided based on the colour of her skin that she didn't deserve to live in a country that she was born in. He was groomed, Gemma. And and now he's living next door to her you know, and and if I was Alia, I'd start to I'd start to feel um the same you know the same sort of way about Max as as he felt about Alia. You know, I, I, if I was Alia and I'm living in this country, I'm living here, and you know, the the whole the court system, the justice system is is run by the majority white people, right? Yeah. And all these white people have got together and gone, oh, you know, let him out early. He he didn't mean it. He was just groomed as well. Mm. Um, let him move next door. It's fine. He just won't go to the restaurant anymore. Yeah, I suppose the injustice. And if I was of Alia, him... I'd be like, this is absolutely crap this is just not acceptable i've been let down time and time again and this boy then writes a letter to me like sorry I'm going mm. and it's not it's never going to make up for what happened to me i'm still suffering the effects of it i can't work properly I'm, i might lose my job i'm i'm trying to help this this woman i admire dd who i think is absolutely brilliant i'm looking like a mug in front of her because i'm making mistakes i'm trying my best to pick my life back up together again and you think you can write me a letter mm. when you've done absolutely nothing to make up for what you what you did to me and you have not been punished because apparently it's fine it's fine to just you know incite racial hatred against people and only do how many months for whatever it's just rubbish. Of course, I, I I don't think she ranted enough at him. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think she it was well deserved. Yasmin and Alia are being incredibly restrained and graceful about this whole thing, considering what they have been put through, and and also, I mean, I I think um, the 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 Platts and their kind of sheepish, kind of weird, embarrassed, like white people reaction to the fact that their bloody grandson or son has done this to Alia and all the rest of the other people, you know, as, as Alia points out, you've got the Allahans, you've got the Baileys, you've got the, mm. you know, has he got a problem with them as well? He must do, logically thinking. And and you've got all the rest of the plats like going, oh, this is really awkward. Mm. You know, it's just not, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. Well, I mean, Gail was right when she was saying, yeah. you're going to have to get used to this. People are not going to welcome be you back with open arms. I think arms. because this is a fictional television show, he will be forgiven. I think he probably I will be forgiven at I, some point. I'd yes, hope that he gets given rightly. some kind of redemption arc or uh, some kind of uh, He's got to do to, something. He has to do something. It's got to be an action speak louder than words. Yeah. I mean, but in real life, Ali is never... If this was real, Ali would never get closure. 
I mean, speed dial's fairly get, flammable, isn't it? Can Max rescue her from there at some point, maybe? She certainly wouldn't ever get an apology letter from him, would she? <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I completely... Uh, yeah, uh, the fires of hell would not burn as bright as my fury if I was Alia against this absolutely entitled little and and the fact that Max was you know spouting all this stuff about I I'm I was born in this country and my ancestors lived here longer than yours so how come I don't have a restaurant I'm gonna get why don't yeah. you you know and you're so entitled and and pathetic mm. you're born when you're born and nothing else before that you know and even somebody like. Um, I've forgotten the name of the poor lad that came over and lost his brother. Um, oh yeah, Darian. He had just as much right to, to by the law to come here, and yeah. uh, it doesn't matter. It mm. just just drives me absolutely bonkers that the that Alia even has to talk to him. Yeah. But anyway, this Alia, is going to take it. Sucks. This is going to be a, a long-term forgiveness thing, and it seems like he's you know Friday. But it, does, got a it just bothers me that she's go she's going to have to be the bigger person here to accept his apology eventually, and it and it really doesn't feel right. It, it, it's, it's very sour. Well, I think the only solution is for her to lock herself in her house and then never go outside. And no, then I think never she have to encounter him ever again. She should get to blow him up. <laughs> just just one. Just, just one once. little blowout, yeah, just a little puff. Um, so Gary finds Max later in Victoria Gardens, and he's fairly glum looking. Oh, he's I like, oh, I've I should turn the clock mistake. back. And Gary says, like we said earlier, you just got to give it time. You need to show her that you are a changed person, um, and, and maybe she'll change. But maybe no, she won't. Maybe she'll accept it. Yeah, but, yeah, maybe she'll change her opinion about you, or maybe she won't. Is what I mean. Yeah, I think he's. This and, was very and, wise. And, and, and it was a wise advice. And if she, if she, she doesn't have to. She's not but, guaranteed. And if she doesn't to deal with uh, accept your apology, then unfortunately you will just have to learn to deal with I it. It's a life lesson. Point out that Gary is talking without Max realizing it at all from a complete position of having done and gone through this himself exactly he's not done he's not done the same kind of thing as max has done no but he still has made terrible mistakes and had to live a good life to make up for it mm. without ever being able to be forgiven by yeah. anybody who would know mm. well i guess kelly forgave him in the end but um He's he's telling Max from a position of knowing, <laughs> and luckily he, I guess he got the closure that he wanted out of, of this, and we're all just going to brush it under the carpet, all the stuff yeah. that Gary did, but Max can only live a good life, and I don't think Ali should forgive him, I don't think he deserves it. Oh, it's but really for hard. Her, but, I... for her, but for her, you know, for her, the idea that she could forgive him is good for her personally. Yeah. But I'd I like to think that she will. It. I'm quite a forgiving person if I ever need to. I don't I'm not. I, need to I hold much. grudges. As, yeah, as we have found that. out, Gemma is a half horrible but person. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that we've we've talked about this before on the podcast about the burden on victims to be the bigger person and accept accept um, apologies from people when really they. Don't they shouldn't have to? Yeah, I'm, I'm just sorry. I just picked up Gemma's phone. I just remembered there was an extra, um, an extra question on this. I your horrible person quiz, and it says, um, do you do you call your husband a troll in selfie photos that he's taken at Sofa Awards? Uh, yes or no, Gemma? <laughs> <laughs> do you 
No, okay. Nobody's written in to criticise you about that. Like, everybody agrees right, that I look I, Can I just give a co- added context to this? Yes. We went round your your dad's yeah. house. Yeah. And you showed them some of the photos. Yeah. And you spent a lot of time on the TV, yeah. zooming into your nose where you had... Detritus. <laughs> detritus. Zooming in. Nasal detritus. Zooming in in every picture going, look at this, bogey. And I came away from that traumatised, honestly. Sorry. Um, I don't love you anymore. Oh, no. Um, because of your nose. <laughs> I'll do better, I but you, But you took great delight in pointing out that you had a massive bogey sorry. in your nose. I'm and then sorry. You, and I'm sorry, but Fungus the Bogeyman famously... Had a load of bogeys. Yeah. So he's a troll, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't know. Anyway, um, on, on topic. So we have Gav phoning up Max. Um, and, and I love Gav, so it was happy to, I was happy to see him again. And he's like, have you seen Beck yet? He seems like almost stalkerishly insistent My prediction. That, that Max goes and visits Did I say his this on the podcast? girlfriend. Yeah, remember. you have. You've talked about this. All right, we'll get to it in a Odd minute. that this may be a second stalker storyline in a year. Hang but... on, hang on. What? No, just get to it. Max says, no, sorry, I, I've had other things I've on. Been, Gav is I've not... I've been widely... <laughs> I've been more widely uh, yeah, outed been as a, race, a racist. Yeah, yeah. So I've been people. I've been stoned in the street, actually. Sorry, I haven't had time to go and see your bird. So Max has to end the phone call because he, he gets round to where his house is and he sees a police car there and he goes inside and gets a good old telling I off from a policeman this. because he went close to speed dial. What? The policeman's like, don't do it again. I think you kind of get one, don't you? Do you you? really get to do that once? Yeah. I thought it... I mean, to be clear, I think he needed uh, a telling off. I don't think he needed being thrown back in prison. No. But it really shocked me. The police officer doesn't leave all the paperwork that comes with it, to be fair. Also, from Alia's perspective, she's not being protected at all by the police here. No, I know. They're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, don't do it again, though, because this is honestly tiresome now. Yeah. Just, you know, when you come out of your house, don't... Don't, don't look right. Yeah. Just look left don't and go keep down going on down. Street. <laughs> Unless you want something from the co-op. You're not allowed to go to the co-op and you can't get any good deals from EE either. No, she's allowed to go to Rosamond Street. When she comes oh, out sorry, of her yeah. house, she's not allowed to go down to no. Bistro. But why would she want to? I don't know. She's a Who's she? Alia. Alia can go where she wants. No, I'm just saying if she turns right when she exits her gate, then there's a chance. Oh, okay. I don't know. Max going down to. All oh, right, all oh, right. Go up, going. Oh, I'm not here for speed doll. I want a sandwich. Yeah. I want a meal deal. I can, is he going to have to like walk along the the road and press himself flat like, up against the wall? And and Archie's going to be there in his uh in his no funeral funerals. office and just that. No funeral Max planning for you. Edging himself away across the, the window. Can't even look morose in Victoria Gardens because no. it's fifty meters. Um. So Friday we had a tiny bit of this story because we actually meet this Beck girl who lives in the precinct. Yeah. Our first precinct resident. Who'd have thought? Um. And uh, Max has gone there to uh, to go and find out why she hasn't been answering Gav's calls. And he's saying, "Oh, do you know what's wrong? He's a, he's a good guy. You know, he's he's in prison. Why aren't you been? Why aren't you letting him speak to you?" And she she you get the impression, don't you, that her um, opinion on Gav doesn't quite match what he thinks about her. Although throughout the whole of the episode, we we find out when she goes home at the end that it doesn't really come up in conversation again because Max ends up taking her to the cafe where she manages to eat a massive plate of food to, in an attempt to get it for free from Bernie. I thought Bernie. this was great because I've been watching so many of these... Um, Man versus food. It, it's Beard Meets Food is the one I watch. Yeah. 
And um, it made me laugh because it was reminiscent of that. Anyway, it was an interesting character trait. And uh, maybe if we get to see this Beck again, which I'm sure we will, they'll, uh, they'll have it as a running gag. But anyway, she just ends up spending the afternoon picking out with, uh, with, with Max and then she goes off. They, I think they exchange numbers. Right. Um, I kind of get the impression that at the end of the episode, she's maybe fancies Max a little bit. And and clearly, there's something, you know, there's an imbalance in feelings when it comes to her and uh, and Gav. And like you said, it definitely feels like... I said before... Gav is a bit obsessed by this girl and she just wants him to leave her alone. I yeah, honestly think that, um, I you know, it's clear to me that... Max has hidden what he's in. Well, we know. Yeah. But Gav's yeah. got no idea. Gav's why got no idea that Max he's in for in racist reasons. So I'm sure Max equally has got no idea why Gav's in there. And if mm. and it wouldn't surprise me if Gav was not a psychopath, who's been. Oh, I hope he's not. He seems so lovely. I think. What? Yeah, I just don't trust him. <laughs> anyway, so Beck lives up in um, the, the precinct. Precinct, and so I've just opened up our pictures that we took when we went up there, um, when um, Alice and Claire let us in to, to mm. have a look at the at the top of the the precinct. And I, I'm and pretty she sure she lives in number three. Do you she reckon? lives in number three, or maybe number four. And the outside of number three, I think she might be living with an older person or a mum or something because it's got loads of gnomes and like gardening stuff outside. And she doesn't strike me as a gardener. Um, but number four is the one that's got the dog bowl and the and the leashes outside. It looks like a man's apartment to me. Yeah, I and it's got, got that like impression. a little sign Men that says, like dogs, don't they? "Love is being owned by a German shepherd well, and a little just, German maybe shepherd she's just toy." Moved in. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I was. I think that she, um, as a character, made a good first impression. I think that the whole "I'm a competitive eater," I'm up, a, I'm up for a laugh, me. And kind also, of thing yeah, was she quite said, endearing to be honest she said that she likes get to get the t-shirts that's what they do on uh, what's what yeah. he does on beard meets food he always gets a t-shirt when he well, doesn't she just needs to pop along to the coronation street experience set and get the roy's rolls apron doesn't she i mean but, the what shop, do, I mean. Do you, but you do get that free in like three sausage rolls in a row or something <laughs> i saw um, a video of a man um who who ate hot dogs whole he just had a, a fistful of hot dogs and he just took one in his hand and he just went <laughs> Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. And he just ate like six in a row. I wanted to stay in the programme and this be a bit of a running gag, honestly. Oh, so so are we thinking that Max and Beck are maybe going to get into a relationship? Gav will get out, catch them at it or something, and this is when his psycho that has been... Maybe he's been in prison for five years and, the, and what we're seeing of him now is the result of five years' worth of our excellent... Um, justice system which reforms criminals <laughs> but just as he's made that you know the the, the, the right turning decision. point yeah. and become a, a wholesome member of society he's just going to crack when he finds that Max is um, bonking his bird but the twist is I suppose like you said that maybe he was a bit stalkerish all along well I mean we haven't brought this up but Beck is uh, black yes and um, Gav is black and I don't suppose you know, Gav doesn't know what Max has done, and obviously Beck's got no idea. She doesn't recognise him at all. He's not notorious no. as a criminal. Um, if they do get close, what will Beck think? Is Lauren ever going to come back in the show? I don't. It, I, be, it feels like her time is over. Could there be a confrontation between Beck and Lauren? I mean, if if Beck finds out what Max has done, yeah, he's gonna 
lose her because of his beliefs and i think that would be put you know mm. uh, just justice in a yeah. sense but it's not found back is it <laughs> but again another thing i also want to say is there seems to be a very weirdly particular form of racism that targets asian people and i think that's what um max it, it he had did a seem to be a little bit anti-islamic rather than anything else to have an issue with um black people it was mostly yeah 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 i don't know he he's never really spelled that out but i've definitely seen that particular sad flavor i think, I think of that's what we're supposed online. to it is. um i i'm I, i'm still enjoying this storyline this is another one that i'm I'm kind of like, yeah, that's good when the scene comes on in here. Um, I think that Paddy Beaver's still doing a great job. David's being fantastic. Um, there was, do you remember there was that scene earlier on this week where David was talking to, I can't remember who it was now, about fantasising about slicing up his uh, customers at Trim Up North with a razor? Like, sometimes they just they got the razor there and it's just like, just take a Sweeney little... Todd. Yeah, well, that's what you got called. So are you, are you, how are you feeling? Are you enjoying this still? Um, or is it just... Is it just there it's, for you? It's it's interesting. But but no, no more. I, eh. I think it's because I, I like Max. Bex made a good first impression. Like Gav. And, and I do like the fact that they've stuck with people still hate him. Because it could have been so easy to say, well, Max gets out. And everyone just kind of says, well, don't do it again. But then says, everything's back to normal. I but won't. the fact that they're showing some of the long-term consequences well, of this so far is, is is pleasing to me. It strikes me that um, Coronation Street is working really hard to, to have very incredibly deep, and we've said this many times before, There, these are all really deep issues-based storylines that need a lot of breathing room. And, you know, they don't necessarily need more time, but they need more space, if that makes sense. What, what so, do you mean? So we don't need, we didn't need more scenes of Max and David and the rest of them. But what we did need is space around those scenes that wasn't his an acid attack storyline mm. and his um, an affair. You know, these are all really deep, dark kind of stuff. Yeah. And Corey has done a really good job on all of these individual storylines. But I just feel like it's it's all. It's like it it's much? like a Monet, and you're standing with your nose against the glass hmm. instead of taking a step back. You can't, you can't, because there's not enough time. Yeah. And and I think that, it, like I said, if this was just a show about this story, and you only watched, you know, forty minutes of it yeah. in a week, it would be paced well, and it would be absorbing and intriguing, and you'd want to know more, and you want to come back. But because it's just with everything else, it just feels like you're being slapped in the face with a fish <laughs> all week long. And it and it's hard to appreciate it. Well, thank goodness for the Bailey story. That's all I can say here. Yeah, definitely. And also the, the, the larks of Stephen. Do you want to... Um, but hang on, I just uh, want to say, we, we've heard a few people say this, that last week, even though it was only half an hour less, because it was half an hour a day... Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that really. It really feels like last week gave everything more space. I, I, I'm i going to go against the grain here and say that the half an hour episodes are just feeling like they're too short and over too quickly. When I was watching it last week, I was just like, oh, was that it then? I don't know what the solution is for Coronation Street for this and I don't even know whether it's a, you know, a problem just because I have an opinion about it doesn't mean hmm. it's an issue, but... 
you know, does anyone else see what I mean about time versus space and just having a brain, just having time for your brain to absorb what the heck is going on here? <laughs> because these are all super deep things. Yeah. These are all things that actually deserve attention and time to absorb what, what you're being shown. Yeah, and I don't feel like we I mean, the fact that Alia has just been pushed to one side in this whole story is, is kind of ridiculous. But it's also completely understandable because so much has happened. Mm. You kind of forgot that she got blown up in a van. <laughs> when we were watching the clips in the, in the soap awards and we saw the van explode, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah that, that happened. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so there is the the Lords of the Underworld and then there's another... This is the penultimate storyline of the week. Well, the last one's very, really not very much. So, Stephen, on Friday, is surprised because Carla comes into the factory and she wants a meeting and he's like... Ugh can't be bothered with this but she says to him thank you for keeping the place afloat but guess what for the 15th time i am going to sell <laughs> yeah. my share i was thinking exactly the same underworld. thing oh carla's left underworld again when's she going to be back next time so what i think what i imagine is that now the shares are laminated and it's just a a, a raise a raise marker you know, one of these like whiteboard markers you can rub out. Well, don't don't just get write, me started on those things. Just write Bane someone's name. And Who's just not put the lid on properly? Come lick, on, children. Lick your thumb, rub <laughs> Carla's name out, put random man in, and then three weeks later, when Stevens murdered him, random man rub Beck out, put Carla's name back on it again. <laughs> right, go on. So, so he's like, um, "Why are you doing this?" And she says. I just want a fresh start and someone's made me an offer. Did this come out of the blue? Am I, was I asleep? I don't know. What it's is she not, up to? There's not been that much of a wind up. She did say, you know, when she was in hospital after Stephen LSD'd her, she was kind Ooh. of, she was happy to take a step back then, wasn't she? Okay, that So maybe it was kind of been going around in her head since but honestly, then. I would be perfectly happy with being a silent partner and just taking all the lovely money. Yeah. But that's just me. So he says, all right, fine. Uh, I wish you all the best. Because <laughs> he gives an enigmatic look. He does. I thought he was, yeah. Stephen Very and enigmatic. enigmatic looks. Stephen and Michael head to the Rovers le- later. And uh, Michael's fretting. He's like, the boss is going to get rid of me. Uh, yeah, we don't find out who this new, new boss, boss I is. I thought it was miss- Owen. Yeah, yeah. No, we, I was saying up at this point... Oh. Um, Carla doesn't reveal who it is so I no, was, so I was thinking I, I don't think Owen was on my I didn't think very hard because it makes perfect <laughs> sense for it but it reminded me of um, when Michelle left the bistro and we were like oh who's gonna he's gonna who be the next person over? and then it turned out to be Ray Crosby of all people like, I never oh. saw that coming so I was thinking is it Damien uh, sorry Damon has Damon bought Carla's share of the factory <laughs> I don't know but anyway, um, no, you're right, it was Owen, we find out later. In the UK, if you've been employed for two years, under two years, you can kind of get fired for anything. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you, it's basically a probationary period and they can get rid of you for kind of almost any reason. But once you reach that two-year date, mm. it's going to be a struggle <laughs> to get rid of you. So, uh, you know, Michael's not been working that, that long, so it would be quite easy for whoever's new to get rid of Stephen yeah. and Michael. Yeah. Stephen says, oh, don't worry about it. Then he gets a text to say, Elaine's life insurance policy is... Yeah, Stephen does. uh, Was it 42 quid? Yeah, something like that. 42 quid, yeah. So later on, Stephen's asked Elaine if she's the one that bought Carla's share. And she's like, no, I ain't got time for that kind of nonsense. I'm busy picking out the curtains for the (laughs) new flat. 
So he goes back to the factory and it's Owen. Oh. Turns out he's the one that's bought the company. He's ditched his, his partner. Well, he's, the, he's still sniffing around Jenny, isn't he? Because he does make that comment at some point, like, oh, what's, what's happened Jenny with doing? Jenny? One How's minute Jenny she was doing? all over me and now she's, you know, blown hot and cold. But yeah, they didn't go down that route. Ourselves. So I think that's supposed to be a little, little hint into what's to come next week, I imagine. Let's remind ourselves that Stephen put Owen off of Jenny. Yeah. Because yeah. he wants her for himself for some baffling reason. No, no, Jenny, he, he put Jenny off of Owen. Sorry. He t- goes to Jenny and says, well, he's you always, what a massive player this guy is, yeah. He's like, do you know Sarah? <laughs> Owen's basically <laughs> the, the male version. <laughs> right, so Stephen and Owen are left together. And Owen's like, listen, I want you in my business plan and, and Michael too. But Sarah, you know what? <laughs> Let's all dump on Sarah this week. She's just a big floozy. She's just one of these um, blonde idiots, isn't she? He's like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, she is my niece, but... He's like, well, I have told her business is business. So basically they're going to try and kick her out when she's going through this massive breakup in her marriage. It's not going to be a good week for her next week. Whenever I watch any couple... Um, break up on Coronation Street. I don't know why I think this, but because it because it reality doesn't really come into it. But I always think like, how are you going to pay your bills now? Who who's paying the bills here? I don't believe that Sarah's got a chance. I hope in hell of getting anywhere near as good a job as she had working at the factory. Mm. If she gets fired, to go anywhere else, <coughs> how's she going to pay for that fancy flat? And, and her gorgeous well, Adam, hasn't she? Adam's oh yeah, of course. Cool. Sorry, I wasn't idiot. listening. I wasn't listening at all. <laughs> I'm very, very You're looking tired. looking at your phone. I'm, so listen, I'm falling asleep. Listen, you can have a cup of tea in a minute. We're nearly done. Yes, I'm going to have a cup of tea after the Roy but, story. But Sarah's in deep doo-doo if she's got her cherubic son and a new baby on the way, maybe, mm. and a flat with no handsome Adam who's too busy working. Oh, she can just go and live with her mum. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. You, I mean, that is a very nice apartment. I wouldn't want to leave it. <laughs> anyway, so what do we think about this? It's, was that it? Is, Why you... is Carla? Yeah, Stephen. You said you did Stephen's voice. Oh yeah. Um, I. I, do, I I'm now thinking. I wasn't by... expecting to see Owen again necessarily, but now this has happened to him. I'm thinking next Dead. victim. Uh, it's still like you know, with the life insurance stuff for Elaine, there's got to be something going on if, there. Can I but say it's, it's going to be very much within uh, Stephen's interests to bump off him so that if, he can claim his share of the factory if Stephen kills another n- boring nameless yeah character peripheral character seemingly only in it as Stephen Bate mm. I am gonna get a bit fed up yeah I still love it because I love Stephen and he can't do anything wrong because he's an angel I kind of but I, I want him to kill somebody of, of significance and even Elaine to me is not really that much of a, tar- a big target, you know. There are talk- bigger names than Elaine in Coronation Street. At the that moment, is true. we've got um, Norman Bates with a briefcase. Yeah. Rampaging through classic Coronation Street. Yeah, he bumped off Maxine this Killed week. Maxine. Who, anyone else watched that? It was great. I watched and, it again this morning. You know, he um, he's got not as big a death count as as maybe some of the other. Characters, not as much as Stephen. I don't. I think Stephen's gonna have a bigger death count than. Oh yeah, um, he could go right up to the top. But but the reason why Richard Hillman is is cemented in Corey history as probably the seminal villain is because he killed people that mattered, and he well, tried two out of the three. 
Not 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 Patricia. No, no one cares about Patricia. <laughs> but um, you know, and Pat Feeling killed Michael, who had been in the show for a little bit. He just let him die. Um, and he also he killed Luke, killed Andy. Yeah, Luke and Andy were again peripheral. I mean, they were main cast. Ish. I think they were more compelling characters than anyone that Stevens, Stevens killed. Yeah, victims. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of an equivalent of who he could kill, who's like Luke. Alia. And Andy, I know. Okay. Finally, they can be reunited. <laughs> um, but you know, Stephen needs to kill somebody big, and Owen's not a big enough target, and mm. ne- neither is Elaine, I'm afraid. But she, at the end of the, at the end of the storyline, like Luke, isn't she? I'm going to be terms of importance. yeah, that's true. I will be surprised if he's killed anybody significant. I just think, I honestly think that um, mm. Ian McLeod does not want to do that to his actors. And I, in a, in a sense, respect that because I know that he's beloved by the people that he works with. Yeah. But I think sometimes heard. you kind of have to make a really tough decision. Mm. Again, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't sacrifice somebody who who is doing a, an excellent job and is popular. Oh, that was a question on the horrible quiz as well that I forgot to ask. Yeah. You. If you were the producer of Coronation Street, would you kill off somebody whose acting talent? you admired yeah. and um, you, who, who was a very popular person in order to further <laughs> your serial killer storyline. But, you know, again, um, Imran died not that long ago and he was beloved and significant. Yeah. And he died at the hands of, a, of an evil murderer. So why, <laughs> <laughs> so why not anyone, anyone? Mm. I, tell you so what, I tell you what would make people lose their minds and that would be Carla, but they never do that. No, they wouldn't kill Carla, but that would be a. I think that that one. would that be would, incredibly risky. I think yeah, that, that that would send shockwaves around the fan community would, for sure. That would make that might even make papers. Mm. What character would make papers? Because Ken. Coronation Street doesn't for fictional storylines. Coronation Street used to make the papers like, oh, Sarah Louise is having a baby. Um, you know, they've got uh. Trans transgender character is um, changing laws in the in the country. Does anybody, uh, you know, Billy's shooting up in the church? Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything, anyone who would make the papers if 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 Stephen killed killed them? It would have to be. I think the only things that would make the papers that if it was a, a proper proper legacy, if it was a Ken legacy or, a, or, or an Audrey or Gail or something, or a beautiful. But he was not going to kill his own sister. What if he killed Daisy? Oh my god! That I would make people melt down. That really, really would. Um, so I, I, I think it. Maybe he's going to want to kill off Owen so he can take his share of the factory. Oh, but but it's cares? also the love rival thing, isn't it? I've got a feeling that because um, Owen was talking about Jenny, I think he might have another pop at her next week and he'll say, that, what is the problem? And then she'll say this and maybe he'll be able to defend himself and say, no, I'm not like that at all. And then Stephen will get even madder mm. and say, well, I'm going to get you off and I'll get the factory as well at the same time. Here's so, his question. How would, how's he going to kill Owen? We've done hole punch, drowning and pushing over the side of a building um i think it i'm too tired for this oh sorry i think um he's gonna dribble drizzle maple syrup <laughs> dribble maple, dribble maple syrup. syrup on his head <laughs> out of his, out of his mouth like a little tiny he's like i'll feed you like a, ba- a mummy yeah, bird. bird and then That's he drowns they do it. it up in the giant redwoods <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i think you're right <laughs> right so the roy storyline it was only on monday 
Um, and Evelyn goes to collect Roy from a hospital, but hears that he has means there. And uh, she basically sees her off after the last time when she turns around. This time it's like, right, off you go. Bye, Yasmin. Um, and, uh, oh, but, but then Yasmin's like, that is incredibly rude. I, it must be exhausting having to constantly be negative about things. Oh, no, Roy says that. Sorry. Roy says that to... Um, yeah, uh, Evelyn, doesn't he? Which, that was a good line. Um, and he's hoping to be discharged this afternoon. Nina turns up and uh, Evelyn makes a thing about, oh, well, you know, may I know what I'm not needed? Um, and Roy says, no, that's not the truth. Look, you can, you can come all back you, to me All later. you need to say here is that she offers, Evelyn offers to, to take Roy home. Yeah, and Roy says, no, you're all right, thank you. And, and then Nina sits with Roy and says, I'm sorry I don't like hospitals because my mum and my dad both had horrible... Medical thing. Are you taking over? Well, you seem really tired. I am super tired, but I'm going to still okay. take my turn. So, um, yeah, she, she says, oh, my mum was in the hospital, my dad, that I'm kind of being freaked out that. about this. Um, and then Roy says, look, it's okay, I've still got plenty of miles in the tank yet. Later still, Evelyn arrives and Roy says, look, could you mind looking after Freddie for a little bit while I recuperate? Clearly, Evelyn has got a bit more of a bond with this Freddie than Roy does. Uh, but she's still like, oh, what a liberty. Uh, he's a very demanding mutt, you know. And Roy said, look, oh, fine. I mean, if you don't want to look after him, then maybe I'll just have to ask Yasmin. And he was like, no way. No way is that bitch looking after your dog. I'm having him. Um, and that was kind of the end of that, really. Agreed? I'm not. I'm end. honestly not digging Evelyn and Roy coupling up. I don't think it's going to go that way anyway. I think yeah, I think he's going to rebuff her or something. I, I think that they gr- they make a great partnership but it doesn't need to go down the romance ray but I, I wouldn't mind if it did because it's kind of sweet but I, I i think i don't i can't see them as a couple together they would look they don't look right to me i agree right i just said that i know i enjoyed that week yeah i thought it was a good week i thought it was a great week i mean again the the aggie stuff absolutely oh, inspired great. um the sarah louise and damon things uh, as much as, I mean, that that had been aggravating me massively. You know, you heard me get riled up about that. But but the yeah, way it played out on Wednesday and I Friday, just, fantastic. I want to say that you guys on the podcast, you don't even hear the half of it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that the court case on Monday was quite exciting. Shame it fell off after that. Max is out, is fun. Um, Stephen, yeah, it was, it was a good week. Um, I am going to give this week's... <laughs> I'm going to give this week's podcast... Uh, no. No, sorry. Fine, I think the obviously. podcast's fine. I'm going to give this week's episode... Um, f- I'm, I'm going to let you have the one that I think you want here. So I'm going to go with uh, four miles in Roy's tank out of five. Oh, really? Which one did you think I was going to go for? Well, you go for it. I'm going to give this four women who come into work with odd shoes. Oh. But I thought you were going to say... I thought you were going to say four skeletons in Carla's knickers because that's yeah. the best one. Well, I'm going to reclaim that one oh, if you're going gonna. for something else. I'm giving this four skeletons in <laughs> Carla's knickers out of five. Um, and uh, and you give four as well. Yes, good and week, I, I'm week. giving the character of the week to Yvette because she just was fantastic. And I think it's. A, I think I would agree. To come into Coronation Street, it must be very daunting because all these actors work with each other day in day out for years and years yeah and you and come in as just a, a little bit part and and you you, you have own. to be comedic too that is hard yeah you yeah, be funny be funny in front of all these legends yeah 
or on the you but know she, one she of the biggest effortless. shows on the t- on on British telly, and she, yeah. yeah, she just did a fantastic <laughs> job. I thought she was utterly fabulous. Me too. But incredibly rude. <laughs> right, we have got plenty of news to chat about this week, and I, so I better go and make my cup of tea yeah, to enjoy, should, yeah. and um, and then we will head over to the cabin. So let's go. <laughs> cabin time we've got some sad news to start with haven't we this is this is like really gutting this news i mean <laughs> yeah so julie goodyear played bet lynch um her husband scott brand has um let everybody know that unfortunately she's been diagnosed with dementia this was a couple of days ago wasn't it that this news yeah. broke and it's been quite it was quite big at the time i mean we, we've well, not it's still big now well yeah exactly it and then yeah there was something on this morning just today about yeah. d- dementia there's so. been a big outpouring of love for julie goodyear and and the character of bet uh, you know iconic so character she's she is up there she's a, she, as yeah. one of the most she's, she's iconic a, characters of the show ever living legend yeah and, and so, when you think when you think cory in its kind of golden era yeah. in the 80s and 90s and everything Bet bet is there. I mean, we, we you don't need you don't need us to tell you just how crucial and vital Bet's character was to I, I honestly believe to, to Coronation Street's enduring success and, yeah. and she she was that big. She she's not like she carried the show. There's nobody that does that, it's an ensemble cast, but she was so, so important, such a, a massive um character um this, this you news can't is... say more you can't say enough about her no um so you know um her husband's got this very very heartbreaking statement he released um my darling wife and i have had to come to terms with this heartbreaking diagnosis unfortunately julie has been suffering forgetfulness for some time and we've been seeking medical advice and assistance but we now know that there is no hope of a reversal in the situation and that her condition will get progressively and perhaps speedily worse we have taken the decision to publicly announce the diagnosis as Julie still loves visiting friends and eating out. Inevitably, she is recognised and fans love to meet her and she them, but she can get confused, particularly if she is tired. I hope people will understand. That's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it, it was really, really sad to, to, to see this. I mean, the positive is she's still at the moment able yeah. to lead you know, relatively normal life. I mean, I don't know what counts as a normal life well, for Julie Goodyear. She's... Probably quite outrageous. Um, but she's, you know that the... she's okay at the moment, and she's got friends and family and yeah, people I mean, who I... love her and are looking after her. So. Yeah, well, I, I messaged um, Mark Llewellyn, who's you know he, he he's been on the show before. He's uh, he's a, a, a very a massive Corey expert. He's he's a good friend of Julie's. I spoke yeah. to him the other day, and he said he he had been. It was a weekend ritual for him to go around and have tea at Julie's house, and he says he's he's going around and seeing her every day now. So she has got lots of people around her, giving her love and support, and 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 I I hope that there will be still lots of opportunities for joy and laughter in her life because I mean, she deserves it. She 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 deserves it, and it it. These things can take a long time, or they can be quick. But even know. even you know that there, there is still there there is still laughter, and um, it's it's a really really difficult time, obviously. Um, yeah. So and um, I hope that they're able to cling on to these really kind of precious, nice moments. It's a, it's a can. horrible thing to go through, and uh, so on behalf of um, our listeners and the Cory community, we donated some money to. Um, Alzheimer's Research UK and if you would like to 
um, please do the same thing in honour of her contribution to Corrie. Um, Alzheimer's Research UK.org is where to, where to go to for yeah. that. Uh, it just we've seen this happen with Barbara Windsor, haven't we? And it seems like you know we she is playing a similar role as the bubbly um, yeah, barmaid landlady in EastEnders, exactly. And and it was as as EastEnders fans. Um, it must have been tragic to well, it was tragic as non EastEnders fans because Barbara, Barbara Windsor, Windsor is is, is equally you know ma- mega iconic for her role in EastEnders and obviously the Carry On films and everything and it was heartbreaking hearing the stories that that came out but but at the same time we we did hear that she you know she was still having fun and everything while she still can it's well, just such, such make... so so awful that what what happens uh, let's to make something positive out of it and donate money to try to see if we can find a cure or a way to help people manage to live with this yeah and uh, obviously we send our very very yeah. best wishes and love to to julie and her friends and family at this yes. horrible time and um well that oh. that was a very sad way to start the news but there is I positive, did, never know where to there you know, are positive put things, things to talk about because um cory was at the soap awards and they did yes. a very good job didn't they they did very very well this year now we won't go into it in huge amount of detail we like i said earlier we have just released an episode and it's, it's it's doing very well on youtube for us at the moment it's like already into our top 10 i think i said videos on our youtube channel so that that's pretty good after just michael's a few been, days michael's been avidly watching i've been watching the numbers go up and telling me. you uh, yeah every time it goes it's up really, a couple of hundred it's really ex- it's like, fun it's, we're like really super small fry on on um on YouTube. So 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 small fry. So, so like the I think we we've earned like three pound fifty for this video, uh, but <laughs> but every day it's like oh we got another pound. It's so oh, just thank you everybody for watching it on YouTube. It's we thank you so much for helping to um to catapult us through to the giddy heights of almost two thousand views. <laughs> Like, I, I probably people would still think that unless they look at them particularly that that we would get a lot old. more views than that on YouTube because everyone else seems to but we are such minuscule it's because we don't write we don't make videos for YouTube we make videos to go for with podcasts yeah I think so but um, I, I'm we really, could, really we could be really good Anderson's at it if we stuff. tried but we're just not even bothered. oh yeah no I don't, I don't anyway so Coronation Street anyway, that's not, awards. This yeah it did really what well did they, win? they they got best family for the Platts yeah um, best dramatic performance so that was Charlie Jordan's performance around the acid storyline that line. was voted for by the panel yes I think they all were weren't they all of these um, I think that's right actually yeah, yeah best single episode the acid attack best scene Acid the attack. acid attack. <laughs> Honestly, um, best newcomer Shanique Sterling Brown, yep. and also best comedy performance to Maureen Lippman. So six awards there, absolutely fantastic. Uh, seven. Oh yes, well of course Roy Cropper did the win uh, gave the Lavivian Roy, Fashion uh, Award. It was the Bette Lynch Award. For oh fashion. gosh, it was, wasn't it? I know. Well, good for her. She's a legend. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, oh god, I just I'm glad that. It's, I, I'm really proud. The timing of that, wow. No, but I'm really proud that she's, you know, she gets to see her legacy. Yeah. I think she's, she, is, she, she deserves is to have all the awards. Easily one of the most iconic soap characters that the country has ever seen. Absolutely. So really having that. But yeah, well done, Corrie. Six award is nothing Seven. to be sniffed at. Seven. And, and, and well, it's however many it is, it's more well, than Tina O'Brien and um, William Roach said that they were when they were on um, Lorraine this morning, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they said there were five. The, um, 
there's definitely the stark stark split here between the public voted awards, which all seem to go to I EastEnders, know. and for the panel voted awards, which heavily favoured Coronation Street. Now, I've seen a lot of people kind of insinuate here that that there's some kind of nefarious goings on with East uh, with Coronation Street bagging in awards because it's ITV or or some kind of. Mm, I, I honestly just think that. that um, the soap that I mean, it's obvious. The soap that has the more people that vote wins. And I think EastEnders has a demographic that is more likely to vote in, mm. in these awards things. Having been there in the room in the Soap Awards, even the Soap Awards films in Manchester, the sheer volume of support that EastEnders was getting. Salford. Yeah, and sorry, Salford. And, 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 you know, the actress who plays Lola and everything. And, and Charlotte Jordan did get some very loud cheers. There but was EastEnders... a lot of support for EastEnders. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I think, I, I feel that... I don't know much about the online presence of the fans of the of the other soaps, but I do generally get the impression that the online Coronation Street community is is that much smaller than Emmerdale and EastEnders, and they're I able don't... to woo younger viewers, as does Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks, but Hollyoaks doesn't gonna... have the big viewing figures as much as the other soaps do anyway. So I think it's going to be really, really hard, actually, for Coronation Street to win these viewer-voted awards again, unless there's some kind of massive turnaround or huge storyline that absolutely sparks the interest of the general public. I'm not sure, um, but is it not true that EastEnders is only on for half an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's It's a half an hour, four days a week, I think. So, you know, is this not harking back to what I was saying before about just the sheer volume of Coronation Street makes it so much more difficult to be a Cory fan and watch everything in a week? Maybe. Maybe. I'm gonna say I'm well, gonna I mean, blame I'm gonna blame how much Corrie's just on. I wonder whether it's also related to you know the the sheer population of London and will people if they're living in London be more likely to want to watch EastEnders? I I don't know I don't know it's more young and trendy and I, but I do think that Chris Clanshaw from what I've heard who's come in to to take over producer's role at EastEnders in the last year brought in by Kate Oates he ha- apparently has done an amazing job he's well, we he's brought back the community just, feel yeah. and, and and I I don't know and, and made some really great stories we can't and, say who deserves it more because we don't watch them all obviously no. we're biased towards Coronation Street mm. it just I just thought I'd mention it because it was a very obvious. Yeah. Thing to and the other the other thing I'm gonna say about the Soap Awards that I, I kind of get frustrated at is that the same it's the same stories for every category. Yes. I don't understand the logic behind having best single episode and best scene. It's gonna be the same thing. You know, it doesn't make any sense to have them. Wouldn't the best scene be in the best episode? I I, I don't know. Not necessarily. You could have a real you know, memorable scene from an otherwise dull episode. They're not gonna they're not gonna put those in. It, it, it felt but being in the audience and listening to all the nominations um coming out and seeing them on screen, it did feel like, you know, did Curry do anything other than the acid attack storyline? Yeah, they did, did, but you did, didn't know did it. He, um, what else did we have? We had that. We no, had Lola's death in EastEnders, and we had old Paddy going out with a gun in the field in, in Can- Emmerdale. Candice. Oh yeah, yeah, in yeah! In, in Hollyoaks, we had we had um, also by... played by um, yes, the character is Maxine, isn't it? Um, yeah, being stalked and and being made to say it if not your fault. Um, um, yeah, so no, no, I, I I I agree, but I don't. At the end of the day, Coronation Street did really well as well, which is fantastic. But I do not at all buy 
the theories that it is an ITV thing. Therefore, it's not fixed because they've worked, they've not Coronation won before. Street. No, not not so many. This is a really good year, but I think because that I had been seeing online that there was so much positive feeling towards EastEnders and and Crenshaw's time in it at the moment, I went into the Sober Awards expecting EastEnders to clean up. So, which is why I came away pleasantly surprised well, when Coronation Street took home the most. Well awards. done, well done, Corey team. Well done, Charlotte Jordan. Well done, um, Ian, Ian Kershaw, Kershaw, who wrote the episode. Well done to Ryan Prescott. Yeah. Um, well done, everybody. You all deserve now it. you just got to come up with another storyline to get all the awards next year, don't you? And you also need to think of an acceptance speech <laughs> if um, you're nominated. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that um, that uh, Elmer Vaney and Bill Roach were on the rain this morning. And this was partly, although they didn't mention it that much, as much as they could have done, but partly to mark the opening of the exhibit floor at the Coronation Street experience this weekend. So we talked about this recently on the podcast, um, that it was going to be opening this Sunday. Um, so hopefully some of our listeners are going to be able to get there soon and have a good look around. What you Just... won't probably be able to see is the cake that was made yes. to celebrate. It was a 40, 40 kilogram, kilogram curry cake replica of the Rovers and the Cabin. And Barbara Knox wielding an enormous knife, cut everyone a slice. Um, it took over 50 hours to make. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Um, and it, it looked uh, like it probably um, was expensive. I would say so. It's quite nice that they've given it a big push. To, so hopefully this is going to get some people going there to go and have a look. And it, and it really is worth it. I mean, a little, little spoiler for upcoming things in the podcast we did get to go on the exhibit floor last weekend. We have got lots of photos. We have got videos. Uh, we need to wait until the the, um, the floor is open before we can share them yeah. with you. So you might want to be having a look at our um, social media feeds towards the end of the weekend uh, to see if what it want... is like there. But it is very, very good. And we will be talking about it on the podcast soon. If you want a cake, Slattery's. Did it. Oh, is it Slattery's, is it? Yes. Um, yeah, so anyway, get get your tickets. It, it, it's really, really good. We'll talk about it soon. Um, and Neil Curry, who, you know, has been on the podcast, I interviewed manager. him before. He says, we're thrilled to be able to offer fans of Coronation Street an even more immersive experience with the launch of the Coronation Street experience and can't wait for our first guest to arrive this weekend. Um, yes, so um, there we go. Right. It's 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 great. Um, and it's finally, great. I've got this bit of news in because this is a, this is a, I suppose a surprising one. What's Ellie Leach up to now that Faye has left Coronation Street? Well, you'd never guess if I hadn't told you, but apparently she is launching a jewelry line with an accessory with accessories brand Dorothy and Jay. So um, you know why not? Um, Coronation Street star has gone to all manner of things when they leave and Brooke Vincent still got her stationary business and everything but Ellie looks like she's going down the jewellery route so if you are a fan of Ellie or Faye or just kind of um, out there jewellery then um, you mean out there jewellery have you looked this up yeah 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 it's it's colourful and um, and dangly <laughs> that's 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 my fashion um, commentary on it but it's just like little hoop earrings. There's there's like ones with little white diamonds in and a pink heart pendant and things like that. The the collection is called the LEL bundle and you can get it for forty five pounds. So um, have you have you been able I to want, find it? I want one. Have you found it? Uh, Gemma's it desperately called? tapping Ellie, away. Ellie L. It's called. Oh, that makes sense. It does. I don't know. I don't know where she thought of it. It's, it's, there it is. Oh, you got it okay, there. Yeah. You found it. What's, what's your oh, what's okay. your initial reactions to this? 
just earrings. It is just earrings. I don't think they're I the sort that you would holes. buy. All. No. You need all the holes. Yeah. Yeah, it's but cute. See, dangly it's, and colourful. It's, um, it's not for me because I'm 40. <laughs> 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 okay, well, that is the news this week. It's just such a, yeah, as we said, a mixture of horrible, horrible news at the beginning, but um, lots of stuff to celebrate as well with other yes, news. Yes, exactly. So, um, we'll go on to the feedback now. Good idea. Okay, so uh, feedback, and I've taken a bit of feedback off our Facebook group this week to, com- uh, to, to, to go on to our emails that have been sent, but thank you everybody who has sent us bits, especially after my request. Did I request last week? I might have done. Can't remember. Um, so last week's Coronation Street, Britain's Got Talent Week 2023. You haven't even looked at this, so I'm going to say, give me a, what do you reckon was the average score on our Facebook group for last week's big-ish um, week? Uh, th- um, three. Point. Two. Two decimal Eight. places, please. 3.84. Oh. Not too bad. Yeah, it, there, was a, there was a real range. There were some good. people voting five and some going all the way down to two. <gasps> um, there was lots of fours up there, but it settled with 3.84, so probably lower than you might expect for Britain's Got Talent Week, but I mean, it's higher Britain's than I got, voted for Britain it. doesn't have talent this um, week, so forget it. Well, it wasn't, yeah. So um, Jack gave it four enormous pork pies out of Fantastic. five. Richard, four breathing exercises from the cruise ship days. Yeah. And um, Jonathan was my pick of the week. And this is something that we were, I, was one of my backup choices for last week. Four dogs dingly danglies. Brilliant. Out of five. Um, and I did also want to just say a big thank you to, because I, I mentioned the Facebook group. Thank you for the pe- anyone who's contacted us about um, Sally Carmen and Joe Dutteen's show in Canada. Because they've, right. been, they've been there. I, I can't remember if they're still there or not. They, they might are, be. Yeah. But they've been doing a tour like Mikey and uh, Millie did last year and um, doing stage shows. And it's, it's always fascinating to me to, to hear what goes on in those. So we had um, listener Yvonne put a post on our Facebook group saying um, they were absolutely lovely, so open and forthcoming about their personal and professional lives, and so funny. Joe Dettine appears to share Tim's sense of humour. They were both so warm and friendly at the meet and greet as well. I'd never attended one of these events before, but so glad I did this time. It really was a special evening. I'm so glad that somebody posted about it. Thank you, Yvonne. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, we've only met Joe once, but we've met Sally, uh, you know, she's so I can imagine Sally she'd Carmen be absolutely best. fabulous to spend an evening with talking about her time yeah. on Corrie. And, uh, I just... think, you know, if you're a listener in Canada, and I know we've got quite a few, if any of these are coming if you ever get a chance, you, jump on it. Yeah, they, they, they make us jealous. I'd, I'd love it if they did We don't have like anything this like that. No, and, and, and to have those two... They are yeah, brilliant. New husband and wife. Oh, I'm sure that they were fantastic. I bet so, they're um, having a blast. Yeah, we had lots of pictures. Although they are, we, I, I, I was, I sent a few messages back and forth oh, with, right. uh, with with Sally on Saturday. I think I was texting her, and she was saying how lovely Canada and Canadians oh, are. Oh, that's nice so well done, Canadians. Thank yeah, you for you being have, nice. Well, you have shown her a warm welcome. We always worry about you guys because you always seem so cutthroat there, yeah. but. You've uh, reined it in. <laughs> so moving on to the emails, and this first one is from Neve, who sent it last week, but if you might remember, I was even more tired then than I am now. We didn't have a feedback section. So this is Neve's you thoughts. You haven't even been driving for seven hours I haven't, today. no. This is no her excuse. thoughts on Britain's Got Talent Week. Although there wasn't the usual BGT Week drama with no stunts, etc., I still really enjoyed it. Gemma and Chesney's wedding on Monday was just lovely, and I even shed a tear. Never thought I'd say that about Gemma and Chesney. Yeah. And everyone played it amazingly, especially after Paul's reveal. Also really enjoyed the Acid storyline. I love Ryan, so feel awful for him. 
And as for Justin's sister, I'm shocked. She needs so she seems so nice and sympathetic, but completely turned on them, painting Daisy to be the villain. However, after that kiss, I'm not so happy with her myself. Oh. God help Ryan when he finds oh. out Crystal is actually Daisy. And as for the Roy story, I found it a bit boring. Sorry. Ah, see, someone else. Did you did you say you did as well? Well, I just said I wouldn't I wasn't bothered. Oh, I liked it. But I thought Yasmin suited Haley's jacket lovely. Oh. Lots of people pointed out, which we didn't on the podcast, that oh. Haley's jacket in inverted commas looks incredibly new for something yeah, that was supposed was to be like twenty five years old. And I didn't even notice I that. Whether... But um, yeah, it really, really did looking back on it. Julie Hasman Hulse took it with her or was it auctioned for some I've got a memory of maybe it being auctioned. I thought it had been as well, which is why they can't use the actual <laughs> red coat. Whoever's, I don't think it's there. Whoever won the it, but it, I assume it was a charity auction. Like, can, can you can you give it back? Just for one scene, can Yasmin wear it? How much would you pay for that jacket? <laughs> How much would you pay for it? Thousand pounds. It's more than that. Oh, well. Um, Neve, Neve also gave it uh, a pork pies, four and a half giant pork Very pies good. out of five of her. And she says, P.S., thank you for all the hard work with the podcast. I've been listening to all your old episodes oh. at the moment whilst revising for my A-levels. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, so young. I'm currently doing to help me focus, so thank no you good. very much. We need the young blood. <laughs> yeah, we need to keep up, keep them coming. And this is what this we were talking earlier about um, EastEnders and, and Emmerdale and that... We need be the having the social media fans and the voters yeah. and everything, and that's what Corey wants, and I suppose that's what Ian McLeod is trying to. I think get he's doing a good job by having all the you know the but stories know. with the younguns, like your Summer and your Amy and all that. Well, what are you doing in your A levels? Yeah, what are you doing? And I don't understand how people can revise and listen to things at the same time. I, I act to have silence. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put anyone off for listening. But I, I also, I wouldn't be able to concentrate but you do you yeah you do you thanks for contacting us neve also <laughs> gabriel this is this was a facebook post that i pilfered because oh, i think okay. this is just a nice one. Oh yes here we go i'm thrilled to hear about shanique sterling brown's win for best newcomer i adore Dee Dee as a character and i think shanique has done a phenomenal job so far her win made me think about the differences between introducing a character and maintaining slash growing a character the writers, I think, did a clever job with her introduction and prevented some of the issues that can sometimes befall new characters. Sometimes new folks are given big storylines before the audience has gotten to know and love them, which can ultimately make it harder to really win the audience over. Also, the critique a lot of us have had for the Baileys is that they're too isolated from the rest of the street. Putting Dee Dee in an important supporting role in a bunch of other storylines, Alia and Stu, uh, Alia and Max, Stu's murder storyline, do you remember that? Paul, even a tiny bit of Sarah and Damon, has really integrated her character into the world of the street and made her feel connected and indispensable, as well as given us a sense of who she is as a person. Determined, loyal, justice-orientated and fun-loving. It will be important in the next six months to a year for the writers to start developing her character further and giving her some storylines of her own. Mm. I would hate for Dee Dee to languish as a character and for Shanique's talent to be wasted. Here's hoping she gets to do even more in future. I, I hope that they will. You're right, it has been a bit of a slow start for her, but in a good way, because she has been able to make lots of routes on Coronation Street, so there's plenty of paths that they could go down if they want to make a big story for her. I mean, the Paul story coming up is obviously going to be huge, and she's going to be a major part of that, but that's still Paul's story. I think, yeah, uh, you know, what what this um, message, uh, this post was saying about um, writers introducing characters and giving them massive storylines, it really showed when we were watching the SAFE Awards about the clips that they showed for each characters. And we mentioned this on our bonus 
episode, but um, all of the other characters were like just crying, weren't they? Like, yeah. here's so and so from EastEnders. <laughs> or being angry. Here's so and so a... from Hollyoaks. <laughs> but literally, um, Dee Dee's was like, Adam, you, you've not put these files away properly, or some something, something really boring. Like yeah. But um, she won, and she deserved it. And you're right. We don't even know say, what the other nominees are like. But you're right to say that uh, chucking somebody in the deep end doesn't always work. Completely right. And I yeah. think it's been a soft launch. I, I sometimes think, well, what's the point if a character comes in and they're not doing very much? But that that email, um, message. Gabriel, ex- yeah, yeah post. message post, um, explained it quite well. And I think, yeah, you, you might be right, actually. It gives you a chance to warm up to character before saying, well, and here's the story. But I would also like to give a big shout out to, to Jodie Prenger because I think that she has been just wonderful as Glenda. Oh, she's brilliant. She's, she hasn't strayed away from the pub as much, much as Dee Dee has strayed away from her. The you know, lawyer's office. Yeah, the, the, the lawyer's office. But um, I, I would also say that that's a, a really great character that they've created there we for Jodie. We are incredibly lucky to have two incredibly talented actresses playing these new characters. Mm. Honestly, both of them. Yeah. We haven't had any characters new this year that feel like this is a big newie for twenty twenty three, have we? And we're in June. Yeah. I think I think I don't think of it staying. I no, sadly not. Uh, there, there there has been some casting announcements of characters that are coming up in the next couple of months, but even them I get the feeling that it's a case of temporary temporary sorts of characters, just having a briefest of looks about what the story is like, because I didn't want to get too spoiled by it. Um, and the same with returns as I well. I don't even know who's... Like, where's... Return, char- returning characters, apart from oh, yeah, Linda. I, I oh, don't yeah. know whether we've really had it, and even that was fleeting. Whereas last year, obviously, we, you know, we had Stephen, we had Spider, we had yeah. um, Martha, we had... Um, Wendy, they had four big returns all in one year, and uh, are we going to get more? I mean, there's you. Most years have got a smattering of returns, and you never know who it's going to be, do you? So I hope it's somebody because you know, soap fans, we love returns. That's the whole thing. Of, well, one of the well, things about being a soap, it's got so, so many years now to draw from. The trouble with it is, um, is that right off topic. Here. We've already talking. We've talked about languishing characters. Um, you know. Seeing Toya, Spider and Simon in the late night licensing party today was kind of a bit of a slap in the face, really, because it just reminded you that they haven't been in the show for more than a handful of episodes. And it also, they they didn't do anything. No, they didn't. They just ate some cake and Yeah, held a glass. I mean, what... It's it's about, like, when you've got so many people sitting on the bench... You don't need new characters and you don't need returns because you're not using who you've got. Mm, exactly. Anyway. Speaking of speaking of which, uh, something I forgot to mention in the cabin section earlier is in that picture that they've released for the Coronation Street experience has got Barbara Knox with a massive knife yeah. and a variety of other actors behind her. Mike Lavelle is one of the ones that right. they've got there. So we've been wondering what's going on with Where's him at the moment. Kevin? Where's Kevin? Why is he in Germany so long? Is there something happening there? Well... At least we can tell work. from that that he was in work at the moment. Somebody told so. him there was free cake. <laughs> 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 that doesn't get you back to work, then I don't know what does. So, uh, yeah, maybe we will have a Kevin returning to our screens at some point soon as well. Um, next email is from Claire, who says, My name is Claire. 
Good, Good start. And I'm absolutely obsessed with Corrie and your podcast. I know you don't really do a full recap on classic Corrie. However, as this week has been the week that Richard Hillman has murdered Maxine, oh. I thought I need to email you and give you my oh, thoughts. Oh yes, please everybody do tell us what you're thinking about this. It's great, classic. isn't it? I mean, I, I'm always a little bit behind. I'm... I, I used to, my, my routine used to be like watch an episode before school, watch one after school, and that's how I get my two classics in a day. But I'm kind of generally averaging about one a day at the moment, and I have to have a so bit of a catch up at the weekend. I know it really is. So I have just seen the episode where Mac, well, I don't even do that. I listen to it in the shower. I've told, we talked about this recently. Um, so you I've just, just had the murder episode, but it is really, really strong. What did really they do? The what did they have for that then? Is it like, Richard Hillman stands menacingly in the front room as Maxine looks aghast yeah, at the corpse like of, of Emily, who seems dead. No, on the because sofa. The, the 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 cut for that episode was, I think, Maxine spotting Richard and going, oh, but he hasn't, you know, properly finished her off yet. I think that's the start of the next episode. Oh, I want to, I want to hear it. Audio <laughs> description. Well, like, maybe we can do it later. Richard grimaces and raises the what was it crowbar, crowbar. Yeah. above his head. Yeah. It's so good. It's Maxine really, really good. Dies anyway, a this isn't what death. we think about it. Claire, oh, Claire says, on, Claire. "Growing up, my parents were Corrie watchers, and I don't think I missed an episode. I'm 39 now. Oh snap! So, so yeah. when the original Hillman stuff was on, I was 17 or 18, and although I know I enjoyed it and remembered it, I was so excited oh. to relive it all again as an adult. For those who don't know who Richard is, he is Gail Platt's ex-husband." I want to say third, but she's had a few slices of wedding cake. <laughs> no, that's right. His business is to provide property reversion schemes, now known as equity oh release, God, you know to elderly people, and often upon their death he inherits their property. Things have been hard for Richard as he invested pretty much all the Ooh. money he had from a previous reversion for the swanky flats, which have had numerous issues wrong I with them. I don't think I could do a better summary than this. I know, this, this is, is great. Yep. Dougie, we're getting you right in our character profile. Yeah. Dougie, the cowboy builder who Richard didn't kill but then just allowed to die. An ex-wife buried under the foundation who Richard did kill and a bail hostel built next door. With a bank manager on his back, Richard was in desperate need for some money and after he failed in his reign of terror on Audrey, Emily Bishop is his next target. <gasps> few weeks building up to this has been brilliant, with Richard slipping Emily some sleeping pills, then almost smothering her with a cushion. <laughs> it was a Christmas Day episode as well, wasn't it? And not only are Audrey and Archie on high alert, Norris is also thinking that Richard is up to no good. Mm. There's been a few brilliant acting um, from Brian Capron, who plays Hillman, in particular the goodnight Richard, goodbye Emily line, but this week has been everything. Yeah, there was a bit where... Um, they're walking home and Emily says, good, good night, Richard. And he says, goodbye, Emily. Very, um, oh, very menacing. He's so menacing. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about it, and I've seen some other people posting online about this is maybe something that the Stephen story is lacking, is you've got your characters of Norris, Archie and Audrey, who are suspicious yeah, of, uh, of Richard, but they just can't get anything to stick. And the problem, it's not a problem, but something that maybe the Stephen storyline might benefit from is people being suspicious of Stephen. The only time anyone has shown any suspicious of him, suspicion of on him, the head. yeah, they, they've been off. That's because so he's I'd, more efficient. I'd, I'd quite like it, I think, if there was somebody that suspected him. I mean, maybe if it, if it was someone like Gail, just imagine that. Um, so Maxine's mum was having her 50th in the Rovers, oh, and yeah. whilst... Doreen is absolutely Love amazing Doreen. character. And um, while Emily was babysitting Oh, can baby I just Joshua, say as well, 
I mean, I'm sure Claire will agree. The first time you watch this and Maxine's mum's like having her 50th, you're like, blimey, imagine being 50. And now I'm like, she's so young. Yeah, yeah. She's only 50 and she's That's got gonna a daughter who's going to get murdered. <laughs> so Richard goes round and clombers Eberly over the head with a crowbar dressed as Aidan Critchley, who he will try to frame for this. As he is in the house, Maxine returns to check on Joshua and sees Emily slumped on the couch full of blood and Richard standing there with a crowbar. This is when the best line from any soap ever is delivered by Richard. Yeah. You should have stayed at the party, Maxine. <sighs> and after some screams, he also hits her with the crowbar repeatedly. And that is the end of Beautiful Maxine. Oh I was kind of wondering whether any of this would be cut I for um, afternoons it's on ITV3. Well, I guess I'll find out when I watch it. Emily, however, is alive and and the face on Richard when he realises that not only has his plan failed, he has killed a young woman for nothing. And if Emily does survive, there is a chance she will remember him being her attacker. And later on in the week, it is great to watch how Richard is being weighed down with this worry, especially when he gets a call from one of the reversion client's family members to tell them that their family member has died and is about to inherit £25,000. Thing is, the client died almost two weeks ago, and if they would have contacted him earlier, she w- he wouldn't have had to have done this. <sighs> really excited to watch this <sighs> again. It's certainly been <sighs> worth. I mean, this this was the story that got you majorly into Coronation Street, wasn't it? <sighs> this was this was within the first eighteen months of you I, watching it, and you did we watch this at Portsford? Yeah, yeah. This is in our second year of uni. We <sighs> watched. This. I remember us all sitting around the tiny television and watching this. I was we like, is this what soaps? Are- are about why do i not watch soaps i know i know i love this it's been great um uh, um claire says excited to watch this again it's certainly been worth the 21 year wait (laughs) and even more excited that we're edging towards the wanna die singing you and me forever as they plunge into the i need to watch this i need to keep up the good work we will I'm always happy to talk about corrie whether it's classic or up to date i'm still finding personally with classic coronation street it's it's become a bit of a routine it's a bit of a it's not a chore it's not the right word but it's like i feel like i'm having to catch up and i'm so so busy with many things yeah but this is your fault i know i know when they when they started repeating the episodes on itv3 back when was it five years ago i don't know i was like i'm not watching these i'm not watching them this is going to take over my life and it has a little bit i remember you saying that (laughs) <laughs> it was the Alan Bradley stuff with the tram. I said, I'm going to watch the tram episode. And then I just have been watching then. So that was in 1989 and now we're in 2003. And I've pretty much watched them all since then. Um, I, I, so I'm sometimes watching them and being absolutely gripped by them. A lot of the time I'm having them on whilst other things are happening, I have to say. Um, but anyway, um, Claire says, um, as a side note, Stephen seems really annoyed that Elaine won't uh... allow him... Allow him she, yes, she uses a naughty word. That she I says, Stephen the bastard. Oh, how dare you? Um, Elaine won't allow him to remortgage the flat to buy the factory, so I think her days are numbered. Yes, I agree. I think she should kill Owen because I don't. Who's he think he is? Owen. Being in the show. <laughs> American. He's but not he's American. Not. He's fake. Um, thank you very much. I, I, that was a great um, summary of the Richard Hillman storyline. It has been absolutely fabulous. And. Um, if people are watching in the UK and you don't watch the classic ones, it's like, time, time get, to start. get yourself on ITVX, scroll back a couple of yeah. weeks, and uh, and there's, the stuff with Audrey and Archie has been wonderful. I, I've loved Audrey kind it of realising that she isn't going, um, she isn't going senile, that she's being um, gaslit herself, and 
it, it's joyous but also so frustrating that she knows what Richard's doing and nobody else thinks nobody else believes her they think that she's just uh. going off a rocker and the, the 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 relationship between her and Gail oh it's just fantastic Brilliant. A really really strong period actually right Rebecca thank you Claire now it's time for Rebecca she says really enjoy the Gemma and Chesney wedding not being the biggest Gemma and Chesney fan I wasn't really looking forward to it but it was a really nice wedding I love Gemma's dress very Gemma and also love that Dolly got a say in the design I wonder if they'll show it at the exhibition space. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are going to put okay. it at the exhibition space. It wasn't there when we no. went last weekend, but we we we've we saw apparently it's going to be yeah. there. Um, I also love that it was in a church and Billy got to officiate it. Gemma's vows were really cute and fitted very well with Bernie's music taste as well. Oh, that yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Speaking of Bernie, I agree with Gemma. She reacted exactly how she would have done at first and then eventually it dawns on her. I love the scene with Billy at the reception. Agadoo's the first dance. Again, well, typical Gemma. I also love Joseph as well. William, like his sister, is such a great actor when he needs to be. I love Gemma and Arnold's scene when she said she was just a bit tired from dancing, but she was obviously upset about Paul. Dolly was brilliant this week. Loved the scene at the end of Tuesday's episodes where Bernie and Gemma were still saying they had to hope and referencing Stephen Hawking. Sometimes it's the hopefulness that's worse. Yeah, that's true. I feel so much for Bernie and Gemma. And finally, to top things off, I love the camper van with a giant inflatable crocodile in the back. I'm guessing this story will be part for a few weeks until Billy and Paul get back. I had a nightmare about Billy and Paul. Did you? Yeah, just, what about, happened how sad, just about how sad it all was. Oh, okay. that, no, so it wasn't like murdering no it was just like oh it's sad and horrible and I also was I couldn't sleep this is this is just how sad I am because I'm worried about the horse tail in the allotment the mare's tail it's encroaching it's coming it's coming down the, the alleyway that's not coronation I was, street I couldn't related sleep. I was worried about it how are we going to get rid of it it's impossible <laughs> to get rid of this is what I worry about when it's when the, the lights are out Michael and I'm all alone <laughs> just you and a, a stag beetle become in the kitchen going come on then I love you um, onto the Ryan and Daisy stuff and to start things off I wasn't surprised by the kiss I've been expecting something to happen for a few weeks now like Uncle Ronnie said a few weeks ago they have a bond now because of the acid attack speaking of the acid attack the prosecutor for Justin was a right bitch to Daisy and Ryan honestly if I hadn't watched the acid attack episode I would believe she was that she was that convincing <laughs> it is true though it's true I know I'm expecting Justin to get off now especially with Ryan and Jenny's threats outside the court really he shouldn't but I can see it happening I was so proud of Ryan standing up and saying his piece Ryan Prescott was amazing in Friday's episode if Justin does get off I'm assuming this story will be pushed to the side for a few months and then maybe Justin will return for super soap week Mm, good theory if he does mm. get sentenced I assume he'll return to the Daisy and Ryan room doomed relationship oh it will return to that yeah um, Evelyn and Roy stuff was fun but definitely the C story I was half expecting Roy to think Yasmin was Haley with a wearing the red coat but I appreciated the shout out and that they finally put the mystery of where Haley's coat was to bed just I mean, imagine if they got their heads on just to do a little tiny shot of it being her <sighs> when he woke up within, in, in amongst the blur See, okay, right, just quick side, you know, we talk, you talk a lot about Jack and Vera and their final scene, mm. um, and I would say, um, you know, I don't like it anywhere near as much as you do. I love it. But that's probably because I barely, mm. barely ever watched any scenes, did I, I can't Well, really... I mean, you had a good eight, nine years of them. I just don't feel like they, really? Yeah. Okay. But, um, but you hadn't seen them in their prime, I guess. They weren't in, at their peak when I watched it, but mm. um, 
imagining that scene but with Haley and Roy yeah. does bring a, you know a bit of a, a a frog to my throat I, I wonder whether they would do it again they, they could I would love it if they did you know and yeah I, um, I mean, Haley means Haley as a character means a lot to, to people um, and I think that having her come back yeah would and be... they could make her look young enough again couldn't they I mean she's got the wig for a starter it's not really I don't Julie's think she hair. looks that much different no no I don't think that she does either but it's you know depends when they, when they want to kill oh, off well, Roy doesn't I it I know I know, I, I, you know, when they teased us with Carla seeing the red coat and we thought it would be Hayley, yeah. but it turned out to be Rana. That was still amazing, but I still, mm. still when, think I'm owed it. When Roy goes, he's going to he's gonna be going off on a train, isn't he? Vera and Jack took oh the bus. Oh my God! Roy's going to be chuff, chuff, chuffing into the distance. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, go on, on the Starlight Express. A ghost... Train. <laughs> the ghost train at the, at the fairground. <laughs> okay, right. Rebecca says, it probably didn't need to happen this week, but I suppose it was better than a Brian and Isabella storyline or even the Sarah and Damon story. Character of the week is Bernie, but props also go to Ryan, Paul and Gemma. Is Isabella still here? I was just thinking that. Isabella was supposed to go I with her. she home. is, isn't she? Yeah, but she couldn't because her apartment's being yeah, that's renovated. Right. Yeah. I mean... Just like, just like Aggie and Ed, Ed wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's just lying. Nobody gets their house renovated on Coronation Street. She gives this week four giant inflatable crocodiles out of five. Oh, thank you very much. And finally, we have got Nancy's story, who says she loves how Joseph got Paul to come to the wedding. I agree, that was very cute. The wedding was brilliant. Joseph and Paul. Jo- Joseph, Joseph was awesome hang on. last week. Joseph and Harry, most adorable children, mm. both... Like, there's uh, a bit of an age difference between them. There, there's an age difference, but if they if they came to the door and they asked me for sweets, I'd just give them all the sweets in the house. <laughs> um, Gemma, was, uh, sorry, Nancy says that she loved the wedding. I literally dress with the lights. It just literally gave away how little I know about children. That I think they come to your door and ask for sweets outside of Halloween. They will be now. What do they do? What do children the want? They're going to be knocking on this door tomorrow. I don't know what children want, but they can have a curly whirly after <laughs> there's one in the cupboard. I buy Gemma a curly I know, I whirly literally a year ago because they're fa- Gemma's favourite, and love I was them. rooting around in the cupboard and I found it the other day. Thrown I just in my don't face. Eat sweets as much as I used to. I know. I'll never do it again. Um, oh, Gemma, sorry. speaking of sweet things, um, Nancy says that you're right about throwing the cake being an American thing, not needed. Um, Gemma says she. Um, oh my gosh, why do Nancy. I think that Nancy is Gemma? Um, I knew this was the the, the wedding would be a happy occasion, um, even with um, with Paul finally telling Gemma and Bernie about his MND. Ain't no mountain higher, sung by Paul and Gemma was beautiful. And uh, Bernie and Gemma's scenes with Paul were poignant as well. Wonderful to see Paul, Paul and Billy go off together. Um, it was hard for me to watch Justin's court case until I realised his barrister was trying to show a reasonable doubt. Oh, that's how they get you. Daisy, Ryan and Daniel actually did well giving testimony. Coronation Street's done a good job showing the reality of these types of cases. I just, like, I never know. Is it the reality of it or is it soap extreme? I can't tell. Um, I have to thank a law student for bringing me back to reality. I loved the scenes with Carla and Daisy and I thought Jenny made good use of her landlady of the Rover's authority by barring Karen. Hope Daisy and Ryan find the justice they need to move on. 
Um, I love the expressions Evelyn had while Tyrone read Roy's letter to her. Um, and it was interesting the way Yasmin turned up to visit Roy and she was wearing Haley's anorak. Loved hearing Roy speaking about Haley. Well, of course. Um, I give this week's episode four times Jenny barred Karen from the Rovers out of five. And the character of the week is Bernie. Well, there you Ooh, go. Oh, nice one. Thank you very much, Nancy, and everybody else who emailed us Thank and posts you. lovely things Have on the Facebook feedback. group for me to sometimes steal when I can't remember, when I remember, which isn't very often. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Still waiting for a voicemail, everybody. Just saying. It's been a very long time since we've had one, apart from Sanya Matthews' message to us this week, actually, to tell us yes, about my lack of legal knowledge. Both of um, us failed again. Yes. We, we're very sorry, so yes, thank I, you for I telling us. I just can't us. keep it in my head. Um, if we tell you what we haven't also had is what? a review for a, a while. We haven't had a an nice iTunes review for a while. No, nice. that'd be lovely to have. Yes. Um, we you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. Um, please do feel free to join our Patreon. We've got some lovely things. We do. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Forty something odd episodes of us talking about nonsense if you this wasn't enough for you mm. i mean and why would it be it's only been three and a half hours <laughs> I'd, I'd also like to give another um push for our, our, our coronation street people arriving at the soap awards video on our youtube do go and have go a look, and at, look it. at them all their it's lovely outfits it's they're really fun. cool and beautiful i, I I'm, I'm pleased with how that turned out and, uh, and on the subject of that like i said don't forget to be checking out our social media um yes sunday onwards our... for some pictures from uh, the Coronation Street experience. Why don't you join our YouTube uh, channel and subscribe? And then yes. you'll be notified when the um, video about all the insider stuff about the, the exhibition will be online. You will. Um, our, our, our YouTube subscribers are kind of creeping up. And it does make me wonder, like, who is it? How are they finding us? Why are they seeing the shorts? On I don't know. Um, no, it's just like, I. Well, the thing is about. With the podcast. We don't have subscribers in the same way. We can't. We have got no idea for the podcast how many people have pressed subscribe on no, we don't, their, their no. Apple or but their Podbean or whatever. Not many, got a clue. We do know now how many downloads we have in a month, and it's actually amazing. Yeah, it is. We got, it's like, like it's bigger. Massive. It's more than we thought because it's also including some of the older episodes. But yeah, we've never had like a solid number of this is how many subscribers we've got. So having the YouTube is quite interesting for us because yeah. we we have got a number for that, and yeah, it's 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 going it's up a bit. Crap. It's um, it's you know, it's not going to be making. Um, no one's going to be shaking in their boots. No, like, PewDiePie's not name. worried. Is PewDiePie? Is like is that showing our age as well? Is he still even a thing? I've got no what idea. What about that Minecraft? What about Charlie D'Amelio? She's not going to be worrying about oh. us, is she? No, she's not YouTube. She's Instagram, she's isn't she? She's TikTok. I literally, I've got no TikTok. idea. Nearly 40, don't forget. Um, anyway, so yeah, thank you to everybody who does subscribe to us on YouTube and um, to all the likes that we got, the thumbs up for our video um, this it week It really well. is nice. Thank you very much. It's lovely. It's, it's, it's very, very we nice. We do appreciate We don't do it for the, for the... We do it for the money. Stop it. Stop saying <laughs> that. Stop saying it. <laughs> Oh no, we only, we're socialist, aren't we? Well, we spoke a few weeks. We're communists. Just... We spoke a few weeks ago about what? getting looking at getting um, adverts on the podcast, didn't yes. we? And we have been investigating this, and we pressed a little button across. It's more difficult across. than you it might think. It is more you might think. And we pressed Where's a little button in the in, in... <laughs> Carry on. Oh, Sorry, don't, on. we pressed a little button on the um uh, behind Go. the scenes at Podbean. 
And then we got an email a bit later saying that our podcast isn't suitable for adverts because apparently it might contain sensitive content. Well, so I don't get that. Not fair, is it? Because we only talk about things that are on TV. On pre watershed TV. I've exactly. heard other podcasts, they even swear in their podcast. I'm going to start swearing. If there's no, if I can't, <laughs> if I'm not going to be paid for this, I'm just going to start swearing. No. Um, so I, I, we've asked them to investigate again and they said they will. Well, oh, no, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't matter because despite what Gemma repeatedly says, we are doing cash. this for the love money, of Coronation money, Street money. and sharing um, our lovely views with our lovely listeners. Actually, well, I am. Go to HelloFresh and input the code Conversation Street. For $40 off your first order. I'm going to go now before Gemma You can't use that code. They don't give it. us any money. Um, so. As an, I don't... Look, can I just say, how, how are podcasts still getting people to sign up to HelloFresh? Has everyone not already done that about 10 years ago? You've got all the free stuff you're going to get out of them. Yeah, it's a new email address. Though, okay. Right, um, we're going. It's Bye. late. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this week's Coronation Street as much as we did. Please, in your feedback next week, agree with us with how amazing the character event is. I don't want her to go. Um, and look out for our social media stuff over the weekend. Goodbye for now, Tara, and see you. Very dirty. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.